Welcome to Save Room Plays, the podcast where we talk about the games we're touching and the games are touching us. My name's Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is an episode. I don't, do we number, we don't number these. We do not, no. Right. No. Happy Super Bowl, Daniel. Oh, shit, that is today, huh? Yeah. So I have a long-standing grudge with the Super Bowl. Oh my, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't aware of this. I wasn't prepped. Okay, what? Okay, so my birthday is usually the last weekend of January. And sure. Usually, does it shift? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, sometimes it's like not on the weekend, right? Oh, wow. Um, and the Super Bowl therein will usually fall in that same birthday weekend window. So like last week of January, maybe first week of February, depending on how, you know, it fucking lands. The Super Bowl is like the Jewish calendar. No, hold on. Is it? Let me roll that back. The Super Bowl is like Hanukkah in that like it never quite lands on the same day every year. Okay. Okay. But. Why does this bother you? Because I would often have family get togethers growing up as a kid and right. they would try and combine my birthday party with like a Super Bowl party. Oh no. And as a kid, I didn't give a shit about sports. Oh. Yeah. Yeesh. I know. All my family members are like, let's watch the Packers or let's watch the Oilers. I don't know. Fucking football teams. The Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go Giants. Yeah, my uncle. Yeah, the Oilers is right. So wait, <laughs> so would you have to like open presents and like people were like, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah get yeah. them number 38. Yeah. yeah. And you I know? wanted them to be screaming that for me. Like, fuck yeah, you. open that present. Right. Tear that wrapping paper. Wow. That's yeah. unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Now, do you think uh, you're not in the sports because of these events? Or was it like just like your baseline was I'm not in the sports? And you're doing a thing that I don't like on my mm. birthday. No, that's, uh, that's talking good. about your Tom Brady's. This is a good breakdown of, of why I don't like sports. And your and your Gary Bradshaws. I don't know who that is. Toshane James. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. There we go. Yeah. Cool. I don't know who's playing. I have no idea. No. No. We're not even it up. You're right. No. No. You're right. Because <laughs> it's not knowledge that benefits us no, in any matter. sort of way. <laughs> See, that's a, that's a, a a game for different type of folks. You folks know, who like sports. You know, physical my f- torment. You you know, what my favorite interaction with people is mm-hmm. that you don't they don't quite know. Like like let's say like it's an office setting or something, right? Mm-hmm. And it's usually like a a man to man reaction yeah. that occurs. You need two men <laughs> to make this occur. And like us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like us. But let, let's say you don't know me, and I'm like, you know. Uh, a guy goes up to me and says, hey, are you into sports? <laughs> like, very directly, right? This actually happened to me at work. You're like, are you into sports? And my answer is like, nah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay, because I was going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention this baseball game. Did you know the Mariners yeah. are playing? They're up this season. Yeah, they were like, I was going to ask if you saw the, the game. And I'm like, yeah, well, we don't. I don't have that bridge for you. Yeah. So what do you want to do now? <laughs> Like, that's what I go, what do you want to do now? Yeah, so where does this conversation go? Why do you we... want to project your sports love on them? Right, me? do you want to find other commonalities? Do you like sandwiches? What type? Let's go. <laughs> do Let's you do spread this. your condiments on both sides of the bread or just one? Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise? bad, you know? Those are the questions we ask yeah. in, in retort. Yeah, I have that same problem because right. a lot of coworkers, that's the same thing. Like, especially, I guess... No matter where you are, no matter what state, right? There's at least net three sports teams that people are like <laughs> enthusiastic <laughs> about, you know, across basketball, baseball, football, and then hockey's kind of interchangeable for some people. Right. But I just, yeah, I, I can fake it 
I could just be like, my, the way I kind of bent it is people are like, oh, do you like sports? And I'm like, no, but I like college sports, right? Like, because okay. I think there's a lot more heart in college sports. And then they'll talk to me briefly about it, but then they're like, oh, but are you watching the game this Friday? I'm like, no, I don't like sports, you idiot. <laughs> well, maybe you can flip it and be like, no, but I love NFL Blitz. Right? That right? was a good game. And watch the conversation just die. Or the Madden games. Like, I had, I have, I, uh, I have Madden 2000, uh-huh. the blue cartridge for N64. I remember that. Yeah. 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 That's nice. Blue carts. Mm-hmm. What was a red one? I think it was, ro- ro- wait, Rocket Robot on Wheels. Rocket Robot on Wheels was a red cart. Had a red one. I have that one. That's a good one. Yeah. We That's got your yellow one. carts too. Yeah. Donkey Kong 64. Donkey Kong 64. Do we got the black carts? Uh, Killer Instinct Gold. Yeah. WWF No Mercy. No shit. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah. Mercy. This has just been a, a spiral. Yeah. Yeah. What are we here for? Well, we're talking about video games, really. That wasn't any video. Okay. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. We don't care about sports. Sorry, listeners, if you do. Kevin, I want to ask you. I hope the Packers win. I don't, okay, I'm going to look it up. He's looking it up. We said, it. we said we wouldn't do it. This is supposed to be a show where we give you information by the minutes. And I don't want to misinform our listeners if they came here for a Super Bowl deep dive. Right. You know what the Super Bowl has that I like? Uh, commercials. Yeah, sometimes. And Marketing. Like, and like the occasional nipple slip. There's but nip slips, you're right. I do like the puppy treat. Ball. Like when the weekend got stuck in that mirror forest and his nipples slipped out. <laughs> do you remember that? That was really good. That was actually one of my favorite memes <laughs> from that Super Bowl. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. And people were putting like the Lost Woods from Legend of Zelda behind <laughs> that it. That's my favorite. Like, it's so good. Are the Packers playing? Do you want to say, here, let's take a, a bet real quick about who's playing. So okay. I'm going to say the Bengals and the Packers. I think the Bengals actually are playing. <gasps> Yeah, so I'm going to say the Bengals and the Ravens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really fascinated where this might go. Where is this going to go? Oh, end? okay. So we were both half right. Oh. So the Bengals are playing. Fuck yeah. And then the Rams. Oh, so close. Yeah. You know, Rams can pack it. Yeah, so the Rams are yeah. 15 and 5 right now. That's 15, 15 wins, five. 5 losses. And the Bengals, 13 and 7. Like they won 15 football games? <laughs> yeah, like 15 whole football games. Whoa. Yeah. That's impressive. I've never won one. <laughs> I haven't either. And then, uh, so this is a, uh, this came up kind of when I Googled it. Uh, Tony Grossi on Twitter Gross. tweeted, how the hell did these teams get to the Super Bowl? Jeesh. Jeesh? Jeesh. Oh, with a G. Yeah, yeah. jeesh. <laughs> oh, could be a slur. <laughs> Kevin, I didn't come here to talk to you about football. I don't fucking care yeah, about you football. Did. Let's talk about some video games, my dude. Some fucking video games, my yeah. dog? Sure. Uh well, I figured since it's a Super Bowl, we should bring back everyone's absolute favorite, which is Save from News Plays. Bum, 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 bum. Coming at you with a combination of news as you expect. So this probably could have just been a super packed plays episode, but the Nintendo yeah. had to fucking do a Nintendo move and, Nintendo and just direct. drop a direct on us that they came like, on us. you and me really are kind of like lukewarm about. I mean, yeah, we're not we're not Nintendo people mm-hmm. too much, right? Like we have, I think we have a passing fancy in Nintendo games, mm-hmm. and that's why we still get stuff, and that's what leads me down the road to play stuff like Pokemon, the Legends of Arceus, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, the things they announced were of a very particular taste. Mm-hmm. If you were really big in the JRPGs and 
Nintendo sports spinoffs, mm-hmm. you were fed. Yeah, you Strikers is coming good back, Good to y'all. go. Fuck, Mario Strikers is coming yeah. back. No, so I would say this, this direct yeah. could be categorized for three different types of people, right? Nintendo, sports lovers. Nint- yeah, because like, there's a few different sports games that came out. This is a sports episode. JRPG fans, and then fetishists. yeah for the kirby stuff because they lean really hard into uh, kirby in in the new game uh in something called mouthful mode mouthful mode yeah Yeah, where he swallows an entire car in this one and other stuff car mouth he he uh swallowed a a cone Mm -hmm. cone mouth like a traffic cone Mm -hmm. and became the shape of the traffic cone so fetishist yeah would probably use that as a butt plug if they wanted right yeah that real the whole traffic the cone, whole huh? thing. People are ambitious. Oh Jesus! Super. What to like echo farts? <laughs> I think we just unlock something we new just here. Unlock something. That's what Kirby's yeah. gonna do. Just shove it right up his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, the important thing is Vor is back, baby. Vor never left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vor is here to stay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kirby is definitely a thing mm-hmm. that I think scratches the itch. For people that like cutesy games and Vore. <laughs> Just straight up Vore. And there's an intersection of these fans that, I, I, uh, that I'm glad that Nintendo's feeding. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I still don't understand why Kirby's in the apocalypse. Like, is he going to find his own, like, Ellie? They're going to go on an adventure? He's going to learn how, about fatherhood? Well, I mean, if... If Kirby takes place in the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Cinematic Universe, yeah. where the world looks like it had ended... Maybe from that point, Kirby is trying to rebuild society. That he's the la- he is the last Kirb. Mm-hmm. He, he okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I like that. I hope there's survival aspects to this game. Yeah, you know, some like really hard in the paint survive. Like he'll starve if he doesn't bore his way across the land. I hope there's mouth degradation. Mouth degradation <laughs> with some mouth breakage, like yeah. in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> If you don't bomb that mouth up, it's going to break. <laughs> it's going to break. Was there... Hang on. I guess we're diving into it, right? Fuck it. I also wrote another thing. We'll talk about it in a second. We're Hold going. on. Before he does any of that, what we got to let you know who we are. I, th- I thought we don't do plugs on this. Yeah. We d- we're doing plugs I mean, we just now? did a butt plug, so why not ah! do a fucking uh, channel plug? Guys, we're The Save Room. You can find us over at soundcloud.com slash The Save Room Show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, podcast services around the globe just the globe just the globe wherever you can find a podcast yeah you can find yeah, we're fuck there. you mars you're not, you're not gonna get the save <laughs> yeah. room not for free <laughs> although they're they're test piloting us out in saturn saturn yeah oh really i yeah. hope we play well but it's just a gas blob ain't it <laughs> well it's got those rings too it's got those rings yeah. i mean i have ibs i'm a gas blob myself god uh, 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 god uh, oh, um oh, and you can oh, oh. <laughs> You can find Kevin being a gas blob <laughs> over at twitch.tv slash the red herb, where my dude has been just playing all sorts of shit this week. Right? It's, it's been a little a bit of Dying Light game, 2, a little bit of Sifu, a little bit of Beat Hazard? Beat Hazard 3! What oh, year is yes. it? Oh, man, we'll get into that. We got to talk about those games real hard. Yeah. I'm going to go fucking crazy on that. Yeah, because we're busting our thumbs on Sifu busting right now. But if you want to see Daniel stream, maybe sometimes. Maybe. I'm not sure when you might. Uh, you can go over to Dungeons and Daniels mm-hmm. at twitch.tv and press the old subscribe button mm-hmm. to, to get that exclusive. You can subscribe however you want. 
I don't I don't really care. Daniel does sub only chats these days. He told mm-hmm. me. He says like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're, we're, th- th- we got to lock this down. This mm-hmm. program, it's not free." Well, it's because like the Xbox come into my stream. They're like, <laughs> "Oh, we got a native Sony streamer over here. Let's knock him around a little bit." Oh my goodness. Yeah, Have so... you been bullied by the Xbox? Yeah, a little bit. Do you want me to call Phil? You think Phil would help? Yeah, I was like, "Get your kids in line." <laughs> no, Phil's line. too uh, preoccupied these days buying up fucking publishing developer houses. It's true. I yeah. his eyes aren't on the ball. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're absolutely right. We can. He's vulnerable. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we dive into Nintendo Direct real quick? Yeah, why not? You want to do that? Well, let's talk about this. I just want to talk about the things that stood out. Not, like like we said before, not everything at these Nintendo Directs really lands for us because we're just like, we're just not the right audience. That's not even like a, a criticism uh, at all. We're just not the right audience. When do you think we stop being the right audience? Uh, I would say for me, right around like when we came out, I was just kind of like, eh, Nintendo's not really doing that much stuff that I'm like super 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 into you know mm-hmm. i could take or leave the platformers you know that yeah nintendo's got a lot of that and then um and then whatever else they do i forget what they do um they Metroid. poured a lot of really shitty versions of games like like star wars force unleashed yeah it's the wii version they're bringing out on the switch jesus show some respects she, sh- yeah show a little respect there oh my goodness yeah. what well, the thing that had me kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm mm. into this, was Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. And my favorite thing is I jumped into the old Discord that we have going on, and I had predicted this game would occur. Mm-hmm. I predicted it. Why? It was actually just a blind guess. Mm-hmm. It was a blind guess. I said, they're going to make a Fire Emblem Warriors sequel, and like Age of Calamity, it's going to be like a sequel in some official capacity to Three Houses. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I felt like a leaker for the first time. I felt like an actual leak. I felt like I was on an N4G, you know, dropping. Who's that famous leaker? uh, Aesthetic Gamer, dude. Dust Golem? Dust Golem? (laughs) The Aesthetic Gamer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I felt his power. I'm so looking it up here back in 2020. So. That was a year. Yeah, this is over a year and a half ago that this was revealed. But Nintendo had announced that Fire Emblem Three Houses had sold over 3 million copies worldwide. 3 million? So I don't know if that makes it the best-selling Fire Emblem game. It has a niche audience, but they sell really well amongst, like, you know, that yeah. fan base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, Three Houses kind of blew up its popularity uh, mm-hmm. as well. So I, th- I think this just makes sense. And for me, it's cool because, yeah. like, you know, there's some games you can't really get me to jump into until you add that Muso Warriors vibe. Mm-hmm. All right? I uh, do like I, the- I like the first one a lot. It was fun. And yeah. I like that they bring the uh, kind of permadeath feature over from, like, the, the tactics. Yes. Game, yeah. I don't want to lose my Byleth, though. I'm going to be very sad if that uh, happens. I lost a lot of good characters in that first game, dude. Yeah, it's probably my fault. Oh, because we played... That's right. We played co-op and just were weird. <laughs> we were yoking the whole cast. <laughs> yeah, we were just drinking and playing. I think Dave was there as well. And... Fucking killed the GameCube era of Fire Emblem of characters immediately. Jesus Christ. We were just writing our own history. That, that's really. true. Yeah, yeah. which is how do we force the, the end credits faster? <laughs> uh, makes sense. Well, other than that, there wasn't anything that I would say really did it for me right like i am not the audience for most of this like xenoblade chronicles 3 i've never played a xenoblade mm. chronicles that was man. like their their ender their big yeah. showstopper to be like yeah you guys want it's fucking for people xenoblade here it is here it is yeah looking through the list here like splatoon 3 i think they gave kind of a ballpark like release window of summer 2022 and then uh they 
kind of showcase some of like the co-op mode which is cool for people splatoon has a really <laughs> it's cool for people yeah this so that's gonna be my my fucking tagline for a lot of this it's cool for people i, I mean, like i like the when the squid people the squid children were on the uh the helicopter flying over it looked like it looked like the phantom pain yeah, it looks <laughs> like a second. fucking like dark call of duty game yeah like, what is this i love this squid apocalypse is this is this the splatoon we get into dog we could is this the splatoon we get into? listen if i'm gonna get into it i'm gonna go hard we're going to esports on this we're going because splatoon has a pretty fucking hardcore esports scene i still pay for nintendo online i didn't shut that 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 off man so i need i need justification i actually just bolstered mine with getting the uh nintendo 64 expansion packs getting your emulations on there i'm getting my kind of okay emulations going uh yeah for me mario strikers battle league was pretty cool because it's been a long time since we've had a strikers game gamecube yeah yeah and those games are fucking fun isn't it just one isn't it just like one game there was a uh i think there was another one that came after okay yeah you could say anything and i'll believe well it. i want to be factual here <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't follow the strikers uh, too much. disney speedstorm whatever what do you mean whatever whatever what do you mean wh- whatever don't you want to speed around with your favorite Disney characters? No, I'd rather do it in the biggest fucking scam that Nintendo has ever pulled. What scam? In that they're not releasing a Mario Kart 9, per se. Oh, no. <laughs> they're out here releasing, like, fucking, what, 48 new remastered tracks? Oh, no. I, I, for, <laughs> for 25 bucks? You know, for someone that doesn't have Reddit, you sure as fuck sound like Reddit. <laughs> this is all that anyone's complaining about. We're, why not MK9? I want, I want a better engine. You want a better engine? What do they? What can they do? What can they do that's better than Mario Kart Eight? What can they do? What What kind of physics do you want? Do you want tuner cars? I, yeah, I want, want fucking, I want tuner cars. You want You want this to be the Need for Screen Need for Speed Underground of Mario games? This doesn't make sense. It's fine. They're giving you a bunch of fun. This game has sold like thirty-two million units, dog. Yeah, it's that's the best-selling thirty-two Switch game. million customers that you're just like you already. I already know you have my game. Here's forty-eight fucking extra tracks pay for it yeah so it's called <laughs> the mario kart 8 deluxe dlc booster course pass booster. wave one so it makes me think that there might be more planned do people want mario kart on unreal engine 5 like <laughs> i want to know what what mk9 would do for anyone <laughs> this is the first time they're treating their game like a platform actually sorry uh um, what's up they've sold 43.35 million copies of Mario Kart 8? That's crazy. For the Switch in particular, or is that yeah. across both Wii U and... Uh, of, of the Switch. Of the Switch? Mm-hmm. Jesus wept. And it will contain 48 tracks from previous games in the series. The tracks will be released in six waves, with the first one coming in March and the final one coming at the end of 2023. So, 48 tracks, six yeah. waves, eight six tracks waves. a wave. Eight tracks a wave. Yeah, that's the hard math right there. A staggered release or something? Yeah. Oof, Okay. You know, if they released a new game, we'd get all those tracks at once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? You made me a believer. Unreal Engine Five, Mario Kart Nine. I love it. We're doing it. Uh, you know, I'm actually really excited that uh, Live a Live is getting a uh, U.S. release, Daniel. Yeah, tell me about how much you love Live a Live. <laughs> tell me about your legacy with Live. So a Live. the because inter- I've never seen you stream it. Yeah, I've no, never seen you talk well, about it. Well, it's because it's it's yeah. Uh, so Live a Live, you know, a lot of people uh, talk words about what it is. Um, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to describe in a forthright manner. <laughs> 
I don't know what the to, fuck. To level speak level about live a live is to speak about the <laughs> essence of life itself, really. Right. You know. Right. You know. Uh, <laughs> did you know that Vita means life? <laughs> Not to distract you, this game would be cool in the Vita. You know, if you knowing what it is. Yeah. You know, I think it's a perfect fit. Listen, yeah. it's cool for JRPG fans. <laughs> I think the coolest thing that like kind of got announced in parallel to that in the JRPG thing is that uh, Chrono Cross is getting a remaster. Yeah, I, cool. I have a vague interest in playing mm-hmm. that. I've never played Chrono Trigger. I've heard it's uh, probably one of the best JRPGs of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one looks okay. It's fun. It's interesting that it's like still running at like 14 frames per second. Yeah, they're still doing like the 32-bit 3D character look with the pre-rendered <laughs> okay. backgrounds, so it looks like Final Fantasy IX a little bit. Like it does. Said, yeah. It does. Uh, uh, I'm I'm interested in some yeah. way. I guess Front Mission is happening again. Front Mission. Front Mission Remake One and Two. I don't know anything about Front Mission. I don't. I don't know. Do we need a Nintendo correspondent for these episodes? Because like I feel like starting if, to get there. If a Nintendo fan dropped in on us, they'd be like, "These guys fucking suck. They don't know what they're talking about." Yeah. Um. That'd be we, pretty upset. No, we do. We just don't. We just don't care. They're like, why are you having this conversation? <laughs> Go back. If you're going to have a conversation about stuff you don't want to talk about, you might as well be talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, Cuphead, the delicious last course that's is coming true. out for Switch. Yeah. That's pretty neat. But I'm going to be playing that on PlayStation. Oh, okay. So. Well, Earthbound is back. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've never played Earthbound. It makes me wonder if they're inevitably going to do Mother. Mother 3? localized for the the old western audiences just learn japanese bro i guess depending on how this one goes <laughs> you say just learn japanese <laughs> yeah. yeah just get in there with your rosetta stone and learn yeah. japanese yeah man you're the only one that's blocking your enjoyment of mother <laughs> three <laughs> my opinion <laughs> what else what else yeah kirby and the forgotten land was kind of like one of the bigger features where they really just detailed a lot of like the mechanics uh, showed off some levels. It looks like a fever dream, to be honest. Would you like to go through the entire Kingdom Hearts saga via the cloud? No, because I don't think Nintendo has proven themselves with their cloud capabilities. Really? Yeah. Remember when they tried it with Resident Evil 7 and it ran like shit? Yeah, but that was like the first one that they tried. Yeah, well, it's been five years and I don't think they're going to get it right with Kingdom Hearts Integrum or whatever the fuck it's called. This is why we need a, a Nintendo correspondent. We need somebody to advocate. Even I see it. This is just a slaughter. <laughs> a slaughtering of news. Klonoa's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> With the little hat. You know, <laughs> yeah, dude. Klonoa. Um, yeah, okay. So Metroid Dread is getting a free update okay. in April. It's like a boss rush mode, which is pretty cool. You gonna finish that? Oh, you know, I got a lot of things going on. Got right a lot now. of things going on. It's February, my dude. Horizon comes out back next into week. to Metroid. See what's up with Samus. <sighs> yeah, what's up with Samus? I know. You, you, oh, you've seen what you needed I, to I, see. I saw everything <laughs> I needed to see in that game. <laughs> That's okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think. I mean, uh, I'm gonna you know just pick up No Man's Sky out of this set, out of this collection. No Man's Sky has been having, like, this fucking second, third, fifth, sixth life. It, like, it won't die. They've been having, like, a four-year comeback. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) That's that's what's been going on with No Man's Sky. Speaking of a comeback, this is, like, the last thing I really care to talk about. Wii Sports is coming back as Nintendo Switch Sports. Wow. Yeah. 
What a curious thing. Something that would have been awesome to have at launch instead of 1-2-Switch, which is basically an anti-game. And fucking Snipper Clips. Snipper like, Clips. Like you gave us these bullshit packing games. Snipper Clips. <laughs> you could have given us Wii Sports. I mean, we had five minutes of fun with 1-2-Switch, uh, with right? I remember having to, like, dance like a cowboy or something. Yeah, because who had I think Dave had it. Dave had and it. he brought it over and we there were there games where you have to like guess how many marbles are in your switch by rolling it around there's one where you rock it like a baby but not too hard because you don't want to wake the baby up the, the one where you have to pick it up like a phone <laughs> there's a crew genius at work here yeah. yeah for sure so so what i actually didn't see the trailer for the the Wii Sports. Mm-hmm. Well, they yesified they yesified all the me characters. Oh, really? So they they glammed up the kind of like avatars. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think the the big complaint that people have is that boxing isn't coming back. Boxing isn't coming back. Yeah. Yo, fuck this. Yeah, it's gonna inc- zero out of ten. So it's gonna include tennis, bowling, shambara, soccer, badminton, volleyball, and golf. Okay. In the fall. <laughs> Out of that list, you said Shimbara weird. Like I don't most, know what that is, like actually. You're the most dubious I of that. I have no idea what that is. Uh, it's going to have online and local multiplayer. Um, <laughs> okay. Cool. And you're going to have your classic Miis, which people love fucking making little avatars in games. Weirdos. Nintendo Switch Sports <laughs> arrives on April 29th. <laughs> I know we had a vendetta against creative characters out there. All right. <laughs> uh, but an online playtest will take place this week, February 18th and sure. 20th. Here's some PR. You want some PR? A little bit, yeah. Swing, kick, and spike your way to victory with a collection of sports that puts you right in the action. Play together in person or online with family and friends or challenge friendly competitors near and far in the new iteration of the classic Wii Sports series. Turn your real-world actions into in-game movements using the Joy-Con controllers and compete in six sports. We already named them. Shambara, in parentheses, actually says swordplay, so maybe it's like a fencing-type game. Uh, You can even use a Joy-Con with a leg strap accessory included in the physical version to kick the ball in soccer shootout. Plus a seventh sport. (laughs) Oh, no. The seventh sport is planned to be added via a free update this fall. Get ready to golf. Okay. Can we lead? Can we? Can we actually read the uh, the terms of service on that? Because it sounds like, especially with the leg strap attachment, mm. that there's going to be a rise in pet incidents. Nintendo. All right. Like so, you. I think you might need to lawyer up ahead of time. How many of this pets? Release. How many pets do you think died due to faulty uh, nunchuck controllers in the Wii day? What What is that workout game? A Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah. Yeah, do you remember the great ring ring fit adventure cat chess? <laughs> so many cats squatted on. So many cats accidentally kicked. That game's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Yo, I've never felt those muscles in my in my well, lower they make regions. You, like, squat for every motion. Uh yeah. Yeah. You need to squat, Daniel, once in a while. But <laughs> but you gotta get those glutes in top action. <laughs> That was the Nintendo Direct. Go check it out. There's there's a video somewhere. You can watch it if you yeah. like if you like Nintendo stuff. Yeah, I, like, I was watching Maximilian Dude react to it. Mm, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's got long hair. What it's a finding feature? What was something that you had hoped would have been announced for this? Because I thought you had something specific that you specific? thought specific. Yeah, was be uh, here. I thought it'd be really cool if there was a Fire Emblem Warrior <laughs> sequel that's set in the Three Houses universe. Yeah, and uh. Lo and behold, Mr. Miyamoto answered my prayers. 
Uh, I don't know. Fucking, I don't even know what to be hopeful for mm-hmm. in Nintendo. Like we're like we're about at least um, uh, three generations away from Metroid Prime Four. Mm-hmm. I will be too old and not alive by the time it comes out, so they don't have any footage to show you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there might have been a slight hope for Breath of the Wild Two release date mm-hmm. uh, that did not come to be. That game is not going to come out until like 2023 or maybe 2024. You think so? Yeah, it's going to be a while. You think so? It's going to be a while. I think. You sure you, you, you like you, they're not going to be like, hey, on the next like the spring direct, like oh, it's happening this year, this November, Listen, journey. If it happens with your boy, Link, I will eat an entire pickle. An entire pickle? End to end. Holy and God, he doesn't Kevin, like pickles. Kevin knows how much I hate pickles, so that he is going to be hates them. very unpleasant. If you bring out a pickle, <laughs> guess what Daniel does? Does not eat it. Yeah. Does not. Well, you were saying that mm-hmm. you were thinking that maybe Capcom would show up and announce oh, Revelations 3. Yeah, there's a lot of hubbub about the, the, yeah, yeah, there being a, a sequel or some sort of project related to Re- Resident Evil Revelations 3 on Switch. It's been rumored like a thousand times already that there would be a Switch-only Resident Evil, which makes sense because, like, you look at um, Monster Hunter Rise did mm-hmm. really well for them, yeah, like super well. So they're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, this is our other biggest franchise. Let's put a Switch-specific thing. Because I was saying uh, to you in private mm-hmm. that. Uh, especially in Japan, like Switch is the thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, people going to work and playing games yeah. on the go. They're on their bullet trains, right? Back in the day, it was PSP was uh, ruling the roost, but yeah, I think yeah, Switch does really well out there. So yeah, it makes sense. I'd be interested to see like which character they bring back mm-hmm. uh, as main character. I heard Rebecca Chambers. <gasps> she's young and capable. She's young and capable. Yeah. She's uh, if we're following canon, she's like almost forty. <laughs> like all of these characters nice <laughs> they're all old which is such an interesting thing about the resident evil franchise that there's like an actual they follow along the years uh in the games and go like okay yeah, yeah. leon's old now so he has a silver fox streak you know well i guess if you're going like mainline games but then they did the thing where they're like hmm. we're gonna reboot all these characters i would be so sad to see like a reboot of of this because it feels like one of the longest run like outside of yakuza Mm -hmm. it feels like one of the only franchises that actually ages its characters in real time Mm -hmm. like with us as an audience that's true like how many other games like laura croft already got young again yeah yeah (laughs) i'm hard-pressed to think of another franchise that that's doing that That, barely any barely any we should we should make more well even when they like rebooted fucking uh Resident Evil, like, in the first person mm. place. It was still the same timeline. Yeah, it was still the same timeline. And then when we got Chris, we're like, wait, is that a new Chris? Old Chris? Oh, they fucked up on that Yeah, one. they totally fucked up. At the, yeah. they, they fucking <laughs> rewrote their own fucking story there by bringing in Husky Chris later on. Husky, so. yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Village. He looks great in Village. He does. It's been working out. I let him break me over his knee. Can I... Since we're like on this weird Resident Evil yeah, pathway... Yeah, that was the can point. I, that's can why I talk, kinda, Oh, that was, yeah, that was a Dan way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, right on. Thank you for that setup, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was just saying, if you didn't like mention, this would have been a really cool jump yeah. off. Point so it's like sports, right? More... Like I was like blue forty two, blue forty two, Resident right. Evil go. Oh, and then I duck. <laughs> yeah. If, like if you throw something at me, because I don't like I wince. Mm-hmm. I wince immediately. I think it's my survival instinct. Okay. That kicks in. The flight part of my fight or flight. <laughs> <laughs> I have some. I have one, two news items that I wrote All out. Right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So number one, 
More Resident Evil 4 remake details emerge even though the game doesn't officially exist. Imran Khan over at Fanbyte wrote up some new details around Capcom's next horror remake. And though they haven't announced the title themselves, it's an RE4 gone conclusion that the game is happening after the resounding success of their previous remake. Are you wondering how successful these remakes are, by the way, Daniel? Yeah, always. Oh, oh fuck Because yeah, I'm a dude. numbers guy. Let me tell you, dude. Resident Evil 2 Remake has crossed about 9.3 million units sold, and Resident Evil 3 has just hit 5 million units just the other week, mm. actually. So doing pretty well out there. As for RE4 Remake, Imran warns that <laughs> any of these details are likely to change if they haven't changed already. It comes from hopefully trustworthy sources, but you know how video games go. So, that said, Imran mentions that the developer shift we discussed last year on the show, I remember writing about this already, mm-hmm. uh, basically, originally a Capcom-funded studio by the name of M2 was leading the remake. They were the same team that assisted RE3 Remake's development. M2, remember this. Apparently, Capcom had hoped greenlighting the remake of Part 4 under M2 would solicit the original directors uh, to return Shinji Mikami. Right? Yeah, kind of like leaving like the porch light on. <laughs> like, oh, if we do this, he'll come home. Like, yeah. <laughs> he'll be driven like a like a moth to the flame if we made RE4. But <laughs> So actually, the name M2 is a, is a sly nod to the two M's in it. So it's Mikami. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be Mikami. And then his friend Tetsuo Minami, who worked at Platinum Games originally. Oh. With him, okay? okay. So he currently works at M2. However... Mikami reportedly declined as he felt his current company, Tango Gameworks, would fall to ruin if he left. Maybe, right? Probably. Possibly. Like, he's kind of like the biggest name attached to it. He is the Mm -hmm. biggest name attached to it. I don't think there are any other names attached to it. He's the Uh, only person at that studio right now. Well, that one producer that left. Yeah. Uh, what was her name? Akumi Nakamura. Thank you for yeah. knowing that. Yeah, she left, and it seemed like things are a little rough behind the scenes there. But yeah. yeah. So M2 has been shuffled to a supporting role for this remake, and RE2's development staff is taking charge. That said, M2's work on the game is still being used. As we've heard in the past, Capcom is not interested in a one-for-one remake of RE4, and instead mm. wants to create a darker game that matches the tone of their previous remakes. In fact, much more of the game takes place at night, including the infamous opening village scene, moments before everyone goes to bingo. You know, a little reference Willie on like that. That's yeah, clever. That's good. They've, they're even mining scrapped versions of RE4 from its GameCube development days, which includes a shadowy castle and even ghostly enemies. The remake will also expand the roles of supporting characters, and more interestingly, they want to fully expand on Ada Wong's side missions. The assignment Ada and Separate Ways mini-campaigns, included with the base game and its PS2 port respectively, are being merged into a fleshed-out expansion. Hmm. It's unclear if this will be DLC or actually incorporated to the remake. Now, Capcom is aiming to announce the remake sometime in early 2022, but Imran, Imran, Imran notes that those plans are subject to change. Imran Khan, thank you for this news. Thank you for this. Because Capcom is too shy to announce it themselves. What's going on, <laughs> Capcom? What's going on? I, I mean, that just might mean that it's it, it's not as far along the development pipeline as maybe they would like mm-hmm. to be like, hey, because previously for RE2, it was like, what, eight months they announced? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's yeah, like the E3. reveal. And then it came out like within that same, or like within that time period. Yeah. It came out like in January or so. Yeah, so like the, the short release to announcement date maybe they're doing that village was the same way mm-hmm. the like, same with seven so yeah. like the last four major releases have 
fallen in line with that, which is, they seem like a company that's very sure of themselves. Like when they do have a product that's like near launching, it's like, all right, we're going to show you this teaser. Because half the time they don't even really show like gameplay when they do these teasers. Yeah, it's like, like cutscene stuff. They showed us a fucking rat on like a fucking PlayStation controller when they were teasing like <laughs> That rat R2. wasn't in the final <laughs> product. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But yeah, I don't think they would uh, announce it officially until it was like kind of within that next like two quarters. Probably. Yeah, with, with like almost super close to its release time frame. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Which that's exciting. That mm-hmm. means like when they finally do announce it, we're gonna have it in our hands pretty quickly. Yeah. So there's a lot here that oh, we've yeah. kind of like speculated on, and you know right. we've heard rumors bouncing around uh, over the last like kind of year or so. But what about this is most exciting for you? I think them not treating the original as sacred ground and mm. actually saying hey we want to change up the tone to like actually dive into maybe the harder horror aspect you yeah. know fall in line with like you know what seven did and what the remakes were doing for sure i think that's super interesting because in the original as we both know there's a lot of camp mm-hmm. it's a it's, it's a it's a schlocky game right it's very action uh based and the writing gets a bit over the top even the villains and stuff are over the top so i'd i'd be interested to see how they with with that kind of um in mind of that tone that they're going for Mm -hmm. how are they gonna redo some of these enemies you know how are they gonna redo some of the the big set pieces in the game to make it a little bit scarier Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of opportunity right like if you just turn up the heat a little bit in re4 original that could be a super scary game Mm -hmm. it's just that it's like power fantasy because you're gunning down uh half of spain (laughs) in that game yeah it has a lot of scary settings right right? like i think of like the fucking house that you have to fucking like barricade and then take on a fucking a wave of uh ganados you know Uh Uh, the lake is pretty eerie too uh the island has like a really kind of scary segment when you're you're kind of fighting the um oh what are they called where you have to use like the infrared on them the generators, oh, the, the regenerators. regenerators. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those are like terrifying. Fucking freaks. Is yeah. What they is. yeah. The the thing is like it's it's only campy when anybody opens the their mouths really like because the, they all like kind of talk in these like like this early two thousands like kind of horror camp way that we'd yeah. see in movies. You know. <laughs> totally great. Totally great. There's so much that you can. Uh redo and expand on i think it's interesting that they're also uh, uh building out the ada's segments in the games right because mm-hmm. they they definitely very much felt tacked on she goes through a lot of the areas that leon already goes through mm-hmm. without too much variation just like different enemy waves and stuff yeah so it'd be cool to see like build out on that and then another thing is resident evil 4 is so it feels so um disjointed from the rest of the franchise just mm-hmm. kind of like estranged from what the first three and code veronica did mm-hmm. and then what came after it too where they had to kind of like start to write the ship in, until part six destroyed i guess everyone's they, i guess they righted the ship with five i don't know four and on it felt like just disjointed installment yeah. to disjointed installment oh yeah yeah, yeah for sure for <laughs> sure but i remember in five at least they were like hey here's all these callbacks to resident evil that were totally missing like liquors and, and yeah, wesker and sure. stuff so this one like just doesn't have that much of a connection but mm-hmm. then they end up like redoing the threats whatever whatever mm-hmm. i would be interested to see them in the guise of, hey, we're going to switch things up in this remake universe. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we were talking about with the end of RE3 where they like hint at something. It looks like a, a woman holding one of the, the, the vial of the virus. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, are you going to do something where maybe Jill or one of these other characters that wasn't in the original mm-hmm. like shows up in 4? Like gives Jill us, or Claire maybe. Yeah, it gives us a bigger tie to what's going on. I would love that. 
I would love more like, hey, we're going to try to make this like a part of this universe we're mm-hmm. building out, right? Um, well, is this exciting? Is this what you expected? Yeah, I, it's kind of what I was hoping for, at least tonally, right? Yeah. Like, keep going in that dark direction. Because, like, two and three, super atmospheric games. Uh, the, the only thing that kind of, like, alleviates the tension is, like, the character interactions, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have some good moments between, like, you know... Uh, Claire and Leon in, in Remake 2, and then Jill and Carlos in 3, like, even though Carlos is just a ridiculously <laughs> written character. Um, but I want to see more of that, like, kind of tight-knit companionship, right? Like, I don't know if we're going to get Ashley, the president's daughter, Ashley Graham, in this. Oh, really? Um, and if we do, give her a gun. Like, give her, like, make her a companion character that has, like, some agency and doesn't mm. feel like dead weight that I'm, like, hiding in dumpsters, right? Like, we... we from... Resident Evil 4 came out when? In 2004? 2005? Uh, 2005, yeah. We have had 17 years of companion characters since that have been useful, have been Mm. cool, have been fleshed out. I think there's... If they want to bring her back, like, really just reconstruct her character and have her be less of a just burden and more of, like, a cool companion mechanic. Or they're just going to render the act of stuffing her into a dumpster in the RE engine. (laughs) So that, that that's a that's a possibility. <laughs> it, it is. Or if they scrap her entirely, just supplement her yeah. with a different character. Like, I want to see Leon and Claire together again. We we've ha- yeah same same. That's what I'm t- I, I, like. I wouldn't be against them cutting it out. Um, I would just wonder like, what is the motivation for the whole story at that point? Mm-hmm. And then, um, or if you did have to still include Ashley in maybe roughly the same capacity, look mm-hmm. at games like The Last of Us, how they yeah. do companions. And make them more like, you know, proactive and active against enemies and stuff instead mm-hmm. of fucking hiding in dumpsters or or throwing bricks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Throw more bricks. Throw a lot of bricks. You know, <laughs> with these chainsaw ganados and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would love to see how they recontextualize stuff like that, mm-hmm. elements like that, how the story works, uh, where, where they might go from here. Mm-hmm. Um is there any reason why we skipped Code Veronica's canon? Is there an opportunity to go back and like do something really interesting, which is part four happens before Code Veronica, and Code Veronica is like the mm. end game of the remake universe? That would be cool. If, if there is kind of like a conclusive endpoint to this remake universe versus them maybe just remaking every game because yeah. that would be kind of exhaustive. It's They're like, not going to remake five. Why are we remaking five? They're not going to do Yeah, five. like, come on. There's no way. There's no way. I needed entire zombie crew if they remade five. So, Resident Evil Four at the time of release was the longest Resident Evil game in terms of runtime. Yeah, it was like twenty five hours. Yeah. Do you think they kind of go the same route with this, or are we gonna kind of see like cut areas? Oh shit, dude. I hope because if if they're leaning into like yeah, we're gonna maybe do some of like the the scrapped like ghosts and stuff. Right, yeah, you know, how like, are they going to do... I mean, there's areas that they can fucking dial back on, and I won't be upset, like the prison area, mm-hmm. when you or the prison island thing. Yeah, you can you can definitely dial back in some of those parts where it becomes, like, way more... Mm-hmm. You're just fighting nothing but, like, dudes with uh, crossbows and, and molotovs and shit, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, this action game where the originally the controls weren't good enough to (laughs) to be uh that engaging for the action segments like more of the the more deliberately paced fights and stuff felt better for Mm -hmm. what re4 did but of course we're gonna get better you know 
gameplay here if of you're course. using like remake two and three as as the mechanical guideline for yeah. it yeah i'm i'm interested to see how those mechanics that have been like slowly seeded across these like newer games gets ramped up for this because yeah. like two you know by all means was still kind of like a survival horror game with action elements seeded mm-hmm. throughout it and then three is like yeah we're gonna s- slowly scope it to be more action-packed right uh you could do like takedowns and stuff and yeah like there it's it's a bit more quicker you can dodge so i want to see them maybe like fine-tune a lot of that like give me better dodges better uh counter mechanics and stuff like that uh and if you're gonna have me facing off of like facing off against hordes of en- enemies really make it feel good to do uh because like i've been playing uh village the the mercenaries mode and kind of just like an attempt to get the platinum and it doesn't feel good to go up against hordes of enemies in that now granted it's a different perspective right it's first person versus third person over the shoulder but i i think that there's a real opportunity to like give us a gameplay that services like what the newer games are doing while also giving us a fun time yeah that makes sense yeah um and this time like get mercenaries right like, this is where Mercenaries basically start. I mean, part three technically is the first instance of Mercenaries, but the Mercenaries that we like and know, where it's an arena horde thing, mm-hmm. is from Resident Evil 4 originally. Yeah. Get that right in this. You know, maybe expand on it a bit. Give us mm-hmm. some surprises. That's how you monetize it, Capcom. Yeah. I've always told you. You just you just keep on giving me those Mercenary maps, baby. I'll keep on eating them down. All right. Do the fucking Nintendo thing. Release 48 Mercenary maps (laughs) over the course of three years. I would be so happy, dude. I would fucking die. (laughs) That'd be so good. Um, Summer 2022, huh? Yeah. I want to see this game. Or at least for like like a reveal. Yeah. Like. I don't, I don't think it comes out this year. I think maybe it comes out next year. Mm-hmm. and like it, Early next year. I feel like inevitably they will do like a one-shot 30-minute demo because they've been doing it with all the games. Oh, yeah, good point. It's yeah. probably going to be exactly the village part again, mm-hmm. just like the original demo for yeah. RE4. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm into it. Until then, i got to download that fucking texture pack, the fan HD remastering for yeah, the original game. I'm surprised you haven't played that yet. I've been busy with other stuff, dude. True. I've been doing all sorts of other stuff, huh? We got to talk about all these games that we've been playing. I do have another news item. I did say this is a save room news place. Mm-hmm. News place. News place. Number two on here. Nintendo is sending a hacker to the jail. Gary Bowser was a member of a hacker group called Team Executor, who made millions from selling devices that enabled buyers to play pirated games on their Nintendo consoles, like mod chips and shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Mod chips and shit, dude. Can't be doing that. Yeah. Well, the U.S. attorney, Nick Brown, said he can't be doing that. He said the operation is, quote, estimated to have caused more than $65 million in losses to video game companies. But the damage goes beyond these businesses, harming video game developers and the small creative studios whose products and hardware is essentially stolen when games are pirated, end quote. <clears throat> I don't know. Pirating was that that serious, dude. I didn't think so either. Oh my goodness. Just stealing is bad? Well, you like, right? What if I'm hungry? What if I'm game hungry? <laughs> You're always game star- hungry. That's kind of thing. for games. <laughs> <laughs> well, this month you won't go hungry at least. Right. I won't go hungry this month, right? And then, you know, that's why you get Game Pass. <laughs> Just mm. get Game Pass. Don't don't steal, guys. Just get Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was ruled that Mr. Bowser will serve three years and four months in prison, down from the five years U.S. prosecutors pushed for, actually. The U.S. government had actually wanted to make a uh, go for a longer sentence to make a high-profile example of Bowser Jeez. and his video game crimes. Yeah. 
Bowser has pleaded guilty and owes the U.S. a something like $4.5 million fine, okay? As well as $10 million to Nintendo to settle a civil lawsuit. Jeez. Like a different situation. So nearly $15 million. Yeah, my, 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 my poor guy, dude. Wow. And what what is it about the Bowsers that are attracted to Nintendo? Yeah, you know? how is it that we, we have Doug. two separate men named yeah. Bowser? Yeah, two men that are on opposite sides of the Nintendo, like, uh, yin and yang here, yeah. right? It's like a like, tale of two Bowsers. One of them just stealing Nintendo, and the other one is just providing the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. They well, should fight. He will be punished for his crimes against Koopas. <sighs> It seems like a real harsh punishment, right? Like mod chips. Mm-hmm. Are, are they that evil? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he's going to jail for like three years? Yeah, just about. That seems like a long time. I got to tell you, Nintendo. Like, I get it. You know, sure. What he did was illegal and prosecutable. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, man. It's not like they're going to give him a switch in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going to be boring as shit in yeah. prison. You know, maybe they let him do some community service. He won't do it again. <laughs> Does he really have that much money, by the way, uh, <laughs> to pay a $10 million fine? Sorry, a $14.5. Depending on how much fine. of it was made illegally, it might have been seized by the government. Oh, okay. Yeah. They already took that money. They could have. Oh, geez. But if you're out there manufacturing, like, illegal emulation chips uh, you probably are smart about what you do and you probably have like an offshore account somewhere let me, let me yeah let somewhere me. on a sherbert beach somewhere you know it seems pretty lucrative mm-hmm. don't it wow 65 million dollars in losses so i mean there nintendo, should be a netflix movie about nintendo this. makes a lot of fucking money right yeah, and sure. like not to say that 65 million dollars is like a drop in the pan for them it's definitely significant enough for them to it's like, noticeable yeah it's noticeable but nintendo is also the company that will come after people for fucking like doing fan projects and uh-huh. putting youtube tracks up for like your, your favorite mario game so like gotcha. they're fucking uh what's an animal there's they're vipers <laughs> no they're not elks <laughs> They're like vipers They're when like it comes to vipers? people pirating. They will not let them live. <laughs> so, hi. Uh, uh, Kevin in the Save Room hey, over here up? doing an interview with Daniel. Yeah. Daniel, so your official stance is, A, Nintendo deserved this, <laughs> right? B, they are a form of snake. Yeah. A viper. This is your official stance that we're going to crystallize tonight. Listen, I'm not standing trial for for Gary Bowser. Sure, uh, so you don't yes. own money. You wouldn't do this, right? I'm you not wouldn't s- mod ship your Switch, would you? <laughs> I'm not smart enough to know how to do that. You would Me neither. Yeah. I don't know. I could probably look it up, but I'm not a criminal. I mean, Daniel. These days, I use my Switch as like a paperweight more than anything. So, oh wow, yeah. you're not gonna finish Metroid Dread, are you? <laughs> Damn it! I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling that it wouldn't happen. You know, maybe when that boss rush mode comes, you know. I'll oh check yeah, out. you I'll see think that up. update's gonna do the trick for you? Yeah, you're right. You're right. This, this is why. Bosses. This is why they make this content. You're yeah, right. Get so. you back in retention. <laughs> Well, I, I think we should start a hashtag at the very least. I'm mm-hmm. not condoning what Mr. Bowser did, but mm-hmm. I still think we got a free Bowser. Hashtag free Bowser. Okay, can we start this movement from the save room? I think so. I do think we I'll have enough fans that. to yeah. do that. Two people here. We've, we're signing the petition right now. Two men have done a lot. Break those chain chop chains. Let him walk. 
Let him free. He was just trying to service the fans, you know? Don't blue shell this man's reputation. (laughs) (laughs) Let him out. This is crazy, honestly. And, uh... (laughs) I wouldn't want to owe money like that, by the way. <laughs> That's the scariest amount of money to I've ever heard as, like, a debt. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And, like, you know Nintendo, they're, they're fucking draconian about shit, so they're not going to let him walk, like, after. They're going to fucking, like, put him in a little prison until he pays everything he owes. <laughs> they're going to stamp the Scarlet M on him. <laughs> People have seen it on Just his forehead. Right on his forehead. <laughs> and it'll go, it's a me, Carrie. <laughs> I committed the crime. <laughs> wow. Oh, Christ. So, did none of his associates get busted for it? Now they're trying to go after Team team Executor? Yeah. No, nah, they're like Team Rocket Dog. They blasted off away <laughs> at the first sign of trouble. <laughs> yeah, they all had normal names. They're like, yeah, we're going to fly under the radar and we're going to get out of this. You, you take the heat, Mr. Bowser. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. are on the lamb. They are like MI6. Uh, they're, they're out there, man. I mean, Mission Impossible 6. <laughs> How often do you think Nintendo performs, like, stings or takes down, <laughs> like, companies or people like this? I think that, Because like, they, they do sue a lot of people. I think if they could, they would do that to streamers, mm-hmm. like, on Twitch, that, like, uh, un- unsanctioned Nintendo streamers, mm-hmm. right? You get in there with Splatoon 2 and you're going to get sl- swatted <laughs> by Nintendo. <laughs> wouldn't happen in the reggie days yeah i'm telling you man gotten we've got some sort of mushroom dictatorship (laughs) this is the stupidest article yeah (laughs) uh, that we've talked about no we've talked about some pretty stupid stuff before we did dude yeah but now we need to talk about the video games that we have been playing yeah let's get into the plays segment please um let's let's go light right like i think i think that i think the headliner here should be sifu sifu yeah because because that came out on tuesday we've been playing it pretty hard i'm about 10 hours in you're probably about like what 10 15 10 ish however long that i've streamed i did like what two streams for it yeah so far yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been a long time i think like 17 hours (laughs) probably (laughs) but i think we've been playing some some light stuff here and there leading up to that uh i'm gonna start with one thing if we want to go round robin here, we can. Sure. Um, this will be a short bit. Okay. Save roommates. Hello. I've achieved a 40th platinum trophy. Oh, my God. And it is Yakuza like a dragon. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't hear about this. I didn't tell you about it. <laughs> Yo, pop that plat. I did. Welcome to Pop That Plat, a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> We're here to discuss Daniel's trophy mm-hmm. in Yakuza Lad. That took me probably... Th- 30 hours to accomplish. 30 hours yeah. to get this last trophy, huh? Well, there were two. There were two the last, last trophies. two trophies. Okay. But yeah, I think I was grinding specifically for that one, maybe like 25 to 30 hours. Oh my good. Yeah. yeah Every was, time I walked oh. in, I heard the same fucking menu sound effects mm-hmm. from Yakuza. And I was like, he's going for it. He's absolutely going for it. So I, I, I've been kind of up until like this week, I've been in a weird gaming state where I don't know what I want to play. And I was just like, you know, maybe I can go back to Yakuza like a dragon and get that platinum. Cause I had two remaining trophies that, you know, looked like mountains to climb. To right. Uh, got the one down. And then the after I was like, all right, the last thing I have to do is complete the true final Millennium Tower, 
which is like a gauntlet tower that you have to like work your way up of. You fight a bunch of like 99 level enemies and a bunch of mm. bosses and it's it's fucking crazy, but you can't attempt it until you yourself are level 99. But Whew. there's an asterisk to that cuz like you have for your party you have like character levels uh, that you get just normally from grinding and doing experience. And then you have job ranks as well. So to successfully be able to like work your way throughout this tower without getting like one shot killed, you have to rank your character into 99 and then at least like two job ranks to like 99-ish just to have enough health, defense, attack power, like all the stats to like make it through. <laughs> and it would have been fun if there was more than one place to grind. Like, because you get to the point in the game where like, nothing really gives you experience it takes like a million experience points to like get a new level and like literally i had to grind against the same fucking enemy it's an invested vagabond just kind of like a dude wearing a trash bag that when you kill him you get like you know depending on where you're at you get like four hundred thousand experience points jesus yeah so i i grinded to probably on like 100 to 200 of those guys oh my god yeah i was just zoning out to podcast doing the back and forth it was mind numbing i spent more time doing that than actually working my way through the tower itself um the tower took me maybe like i would say two tries um and then the third try i was literally working my way through it for like three hours because it's 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 a war of attrition with some of the the enemies. Even if you like are working against their weaknesses, it's yeah, it's really tough. So wait, you straight up have to get ninety nine on every job? Not every job. Not every no, job. No, no. no. So the thing is, like, the jobs give you additional stat boosts, uh, and there's some that are permanent, depending on like which job you're looking at, right? So like, I, I'm gonna get this wrong because I'm not looking at it right now, but like, say the chef job it'll permanently rank like dexterity and maybe attack right mm. whereas another job might do like mp and hp right so like you're strategically looking at like what job class should i rank to give me these permanent stats that i can then take with me to the tower mm. right so i was mainly doing things like for my main character uh ishaban to make sure he had enough defense and health to survive some of the one hit attacks because <laughs> like if he's down game over baby so, yeah, it was a lot of, like, strategically knowing, like, okay, what classes should I, what job should I be leveling, and then who do I want to bring in? Um, and I had areas kind of like a fucking hella mage, hella healer, doing just the work, keeping my party alive. And oh then I had God. my heavy hitters, you know? I had my Junji Han, and I had my Zhang, and, of course. you know, fucking... The whole crew. Yeah. The, I, I heard Zhang say strong so many times <laughs> in the course of that that 30 hour grind fest what a privilege uh, yeah i'm glad it's done i'm right. so fucking glad yeah. it's done and, and next time i go back to that game i will be playing through it leisurely the ps5 mm. version and just having a good old time yeah. i think that <laughs> when i retire one day i'll mm. go back to this game to this platinum yeah because like i think the twilight years of my life will just be like platinum quests mm -hmm. but like as an existence <laughs> you know not as a hobby like, it's my main, like, zen kind of, like, I'm going to train my mind mm -hmm. to, to plat my way to, to the other side. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say it was... Then, really, I'll, then I'll do this one. I can't say it was worth it, really. Like, really? you know, I could have spent that 30 hours, like, playing an actual game. Hugging your children. Hugging my children. Hugging my cat, you know. Right. She was near me the entire time. She's a baby. Yeah. It, all because, like, there's... You, that's, oh, man. The thing about... This particular challenge is, it was like, I guess DLC that got packed into the main game. It's fucked up. Um, and they, 
I don't know RGG. I don't think they really thought about like the the post game grind. Mm. They like and they made the most boring post game grind they could have ever done. It's upsetting. Like, yeah. don't give me just one place to grind. Why am I beating up homeless men in a sewer <laughs> system? Like, let me fight like something else. Let me literally do anything else. But like, I guess it's the testament to like where the game's lineage come from. Like, you know, Dragon Quest, right? And grinding sure. on like jellies, which give you a lot of experience. They don't take much damage, but they give you so much experience. So, but the tower itself was cool. Some pretty interesting kind of like boss fights and stuff going on in there. Uh, and then Amon, the final fight, is, that's a son of a bitch fight right there. Yeah, he summons. Uh-huh. Uh, thought entities of your favorites. So Majima. Uh, oh, that's one of my favorites. Daigo, I think his name is. Uh, he's not one of my favorites. Kiru. Kiru Kasuga. No, that's not his last name. Kiru-san. Kiru. And then he does a one hit kill, basically, where he summons a fucking laser, orbital laser. Right on. You. So you have to summon Mr. Masochist what? to take the damage for you. Oh. Yeah. That's how interesting. Yeah. Because he can take that damage yeah, for sure. He's a masochist. Nothing hurts him. No, not at all. Yeah. He's so, very trained. Yeah. Pro tips, yeah. uh, get your job ranks up earlier than later. Earlier than yeah, later. know that you're probably going to have to spend time grinding on some job ranks. Right, right. So. Damn. Yeah. Well, what a thing, man. Yeah. What a thing. Hell of a thing. So I got that burden off of my, my back, and then uh, I started playing Dying Light 2. Ah. Uh, stay human. Three hours in. I really felt like I was just playing it to hold me over until something else came out. So Yeah. It's fine. It's a fine game. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. I feel exactly the same way I felt about it as I did <laughs> Dying Light 1. Gotcha. Gotcha. What do you think they could do to really be like, ooh, this grabs my attention? But for Daniel. I don't know. Like, the, there's something about the world and characters that I do not really care for. Right. Uh, I don't re- remember really vibing with that in the the first game. I'm just like, all right, I'm just doing things because people are telling me to do things. Right. There's a bit of that. Yeah. They can't that, do it for themselves. No, they cannot, you know. Uh, but, like, you, you spoke to some of the, the interesting mechanics about, like, the like it being night and you having to go to, like, these UV zones and it being more aggressive at night. And yeah. uh, I can see, like, you know, having I, I only three hours and I have very basic uh, mechanics in terms of, like, the parkour and, you know, melee. But, like, what I see it evolving slowly and I'm like, okay, this mm-hmm. is, I can tell this is going to be cool. You know, once I get to, like, level 15. Yeah, it takes a while. Um, it definitely takes a while. Mm-hmm. And the it's not a straightforward way to, to up, upgrade yourself, like I talked about in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. You have to find a resource out in the environment first to even, like, unlock nodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and increase, like, your base, like, health or stamina. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it's split up. Uh, but it, it does really open up at a certain point. Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I got a hang glider. Yeah. I've been thinking about that. Yeah. That fucking opens up the game a bunch. Cause you end up like the first area that you're in is, is basically the hinterlands of dying light. Mm -hmm. But when you get out of it, it's, it's actually far more interesting out in the city because you're in a big city environment. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more opportunity for like, uh, going into buildings and like fortresses or buildings like filled with raiders and stuff. So it gets better. It definitely gets better. I put it down real hard when Sifu came out because mm-hmm. I'm trying to give laser-focused attention to that game. Yeah, that's a game like any Souls game or even Returnal last year where it's like once you put it down, you kind of lose the muscle memory for it. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do that. Me neither. Um, to give you a sense of where I'm at in Dying Light 2, I just got to the hospital. So I'm still at the, the point where the game is very funneled, I'm not doing open world stuff really. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're like I'm just traversing from point to point at this point. 
Yeah, you got to push the golden path, unfortunately, for it to open up like all open world games. Mm -hmm. They want to just funnel you at the beginning. Like, what? just dump me in the open world like immediately. (laughs) And I'm lost and confused. I'm a baby. I don't understand anything. And then it's like, oh, I take out a few missions and it makes sense, yeah. you know? I, I will say to everybody's point, the writing, pretty fucking bad. Character interactions are pretty bad. It stinks. It's going to be very refreshing uh, at the end of this week getting to play Horizon where I know there's going to be quality writing oh, there yeah. in the characters and oh, the performances. Yeah. Uh, and the music is actually pretty baffling. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's the point like where you're you're walking around this like decrepit building and some fucking like Walt Disney like jovial orchestral shit is playing. I'm like, what is this sound? What is the sound design? Yeah, what? I, there, there's I a few know. tracks that are pretty good, but like when you get in the fights and stuff. But yeah, for the most part, like the open world, like it's this sad music. But like if the sad music fell down, yeah, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Not not even actually. Oh, like boy. I haven't got to that point. Like it's uh, the beginning music track are very like jovial and weird and i'm like <laughs> this is such a, a stark comparison to this dark world that you're having me play in well i don't know yeah it's strange right? uh i'll report back in five months whenever i put the game back in my hands right so right i agree i'm, I'm putting it down right now for yeah. a good cause for mm-hmm. a good cause well i i got a game yeah to talk about mm-hmm. and th- th- this is something that i think we've evangelized before mm-hmm. on the save room but people forget and it's okay mm-hmm. we have to influence er I've been playing Beat Hazard. Hell yeah, you have. I've been playing specifically the demo for Beat Hazard 3. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you don't know what Beat Hazard is, I don't begrudge you. But it's quite possibly one of my favorite indie games of all time. I need you to beat the drum of Beat Hazard. Tell the people. Well, in order to beat the drum of Beat Hazard, you have to beat the drum of one man, Steve Hunt, for designing this himself. He made a game that's a bullet hell. You control a spaceship on a two-dimensional plane, Mm -hmm. and you use the right and left stick to fire off Mm -hmm. lasers at all of the other spacey enemies and space Cthulhus and weird things. They're all ships, but crazy, tentacruel-looking ships and stuff. It's dual-sticking madness. But here's, here's the twist. The levels are your music, and your firepower is the BPMs of the songs Mm -hmm. in your own custom library. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, I had this game on the Xbox 360, where in order to get your music onto the system, (laughs) you would have to burn actual CDs onto the hard drive. Mm -hmm. Remember, the hard drives were like, oh... Uh, here's a, f- a five gigabyte, yep. <laughs> right? They're so small and shitty. So you had to be very decisive with your data. Weird, because on the PS3, I remember putting like a USB stick in. Yeah, way easier. Yeah. Way easier to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I got the version, we both got the version on, on PlayStation 3. Me and Daniel have been playing this for like almost more than 10 years at this point. Yeah, I think we, because we, like we've been living together since... 2010 and i think this game came out like 2011 2012 Good god we've lived together for 12 years yeah, it's, it's been a while it's been a while we are as what? old as steve's legacy of, of beat hazard Hunt. games but, so we were playing ultra right ultra yeah it was a better edition of part one mm-hmm. uh and had more levels and shit and it was really cool and we would play you know what really got me i need to talk to you sure we me and Daniel decided to go to a concert this week. All right? Mm-hmm. Everything's on the level. Everything was safe. They checked vaccination cards in the front yeah, end. People were wearing boosted. masks inside. And we're boosted. Mm-hmm. I went through the chills of the boost to be boosted and immune and strong. And strong. Tall. Strong. 
And and so we went to a concert this week. It was uh, Cursive and Thursday mm. playing together. And Two Thursday, greats. oh my god, yeah, we 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 had a moment where we were like fucking being like indoor kid old men, yeah. basically, where we we're like we we don't. We could just stay. Yeah. We don't have to go tonight. Before we left, like I th- we had just picked up seafood the night before, and we're like, right. we could just stay home and continue to play seafood. Yeah, we could. Like we could order in food, but then I was like, no, I spent a lot of money on these tickets. We should just go. Yeah. And at that okay. point, like doors were at six, the show was at seven, so it was about like seven thirty. We got there at eight, and like in my mind, I'm like, all right, we should at least be like halfway through the show. Sure. There were four bands on the bill, and then I come to find there were actually five. So there was a point where, like, we're we're halfway through uh, Jeremy Enoch's set, who's the lead singer of Sunny Day Real Estate. And but I'm he's like, just by himself the yeah. piano. And I'm just like, I thought he was the opener. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, oh no, there's, like, three full bands we got to get through. Like, my, I'm like, I don't know about this. But lo and behold, he was the third act, then yes. curs- Cursive, then Thursday. And... As we got the drinks rolling through us and we got comfortable with, uh, you know, being just in the venue, it got better. It was better. really hot in there, by better. the way. But it felt so, nice because yeah. it's been so cold lately and it was just like, oh, it feels nice to, like, sweat again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Cursive was fucking amazing. That's, like, the ninth time I've seen Cursive, one of my favorite bands of all time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Thursday played and I've... I've listened to a lot of Thursday almost exclusively through you uh, giving me a USB stick and uploading it to the PS3 version of Beat Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> and listening through Full Collapse, like, mostly. Yeah, probably right? that and War All the Time. And War All the Time. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And so, like, seeing him live and, like, like being like, oh, I know these songs, like, really well, actually. <laughs> no, it's really funny to me. It's funny because they started playing, they did their encore with uh, Autumn Leaves Revisited. And, like, that's right. a, like a more subdued oh, song until it's one of my favorites. Cooks. And you're like, oh yeah, BPM's real low here. Like this would Beat Hazard, like we wouldn't be doing. Much yeah, I kept power. on talking about Beat Hazard at this show. This is how it happened. Yeah. So I was just like, yo, dude, we should play Beat Hazard again. We should like, I have it on the PS3. I can just plug it in. But I said to myself, oh, I, I have a PC that can like reasonably play games. Sure. I forgot about that. There's, I've never played Beat Hazard two, which was on Steam, and I was like, oh, let me go, like let's let me just get that. Mm-hmm. And I look, and there's a Beat Hazard three demo. I was like, wait a second, what? Yeah. And I look. Uh, it's going to be releasing in early access this year. Wow. Steve is still active. And he's got a new beat hazard. You know what the difference is? Back in the day, it used to be like kind of like sprite uh, graphics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, some rudimentary stuff. This game has like full 3D graphics. Yeah, it looks it's really cool. Game. Like there's an interesting dynamic plane of like 3D yeah. against 2D. And there's like lighting on the ships now. Like you could see it. Like you know when you're in the dark and stuff. But it's so fucking cool. This game is like... Like a miasma of visuals, wow, right? Good word. They give you a warning. It, there was a seizure warning at the beginning of the game because, mm-hmm. like, honestly, like, I'm. I, it's big warning on this, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's it's it a, flashes. It's a lot on the screen all at once between like yeah. the enemy firepower, your firepower, just random shit popping. You're shooting up. a Pink Floyd light concert <laughs> out of your fucking ship. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and there's an option usually to lower the visual intensity, and yes. even that still isn't enough. No, because it's just there. Yeah, it's it's too much. <laughs> no, it is a uh, it's a Windows screensaver on crack. It is it is a lot on the eyes. So I even when I streamed it, I had to tell like one of our buddies of the show, uh, Lovable Dingo. I had to tell him like, oh yeah, dude. I think I remember you have like kind of a photosensitivity, right? Like, yeah, you can't watch this game. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, thanks for the warning. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. I even put it in the stream title. Like, oh, nice. yo, like this has flashing lights and stuff because it's it's serious. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's pretty fucking bad. Um, but I, I don't have a sensitivity to that. I, however, 
really enjoy the chaos and i think it's the overstimulation that calms me while playing this game i was telling you today like i was playing it today again i didn't even check my fucking phone playing this game i just roll into track after track it's my music but it's a game it's a video game (laughs) yeah it's like two of our favorite things about gaming where it's like yeah playing music and gaming at the same time and like (laughs) the levels get super hard and you can like turn up the difficulty to like suicidal levels like Mm -hmm. the game warns you like hey hey come on it's gonna be a lot (laughs) yeah there's typically what five difficulties somewhere around there yeah yeah. uh playing a lot of part three the demo's free right now by the way Mm -hmm. it looks amazing still plays amazing has some bugs uh but even warns you that there's bugs but um you can get that on steam but there's a limitation to the amount of songs you can play and i didn't realize that Uh, because i was just like oh this is a really long demo this is just like the alpha of the game that i'm just playing but on the screen it tells you oh you have like 54 tracks like free tracks left until the demo's over Mm -hmm. and then they have a new galactic mode where there's like a galaxy that every planet is a song and every star cluster is an album oh what (laughs) and so it has like a campaign mode like steve was really getting big for his britches on this steve all right. You fucking, you're doing the work. Somebody I'm be, glad he didn't let his dream die. Steve, I hope you get rich <laughs> off of this game. I hope that you, you just like roll in the dough on this, man. We've been trying to drum this fucking beat hazard uh, dr- drum <laughs> for a while, man. We've been, we've, for years we tell people that you should pick up this game. It's so good. It's so amazing. It's so, your music. The thing about this game is like you and I have a lot of similar tastes when it comes to music so we can play it and like have a have a good old time got right? a lot of between the married and me on there that's especially riveting the play in the game so for your your watchers on twitch.tv slash the red herb yeah. how how startling was it for them to learn sort of like some of the music you listen to <laughs> that's a good question i don't know if i i mean for chelsea and nick were in there right yeah. make monsters and chelsea had combat friends of the show thank you for being friends of the show uh they they came in they're just like oh man i haven't heard this song yeah. in, since like high school i was playing shit like she wants revenge oh wow <laughs> right i was playing some modest mouse and stuff coheed I was playing. I, I didn't play a Coheed song. Mm. We just talked about "Welcome Home" over and over again. It being the most popular uh, fucking song by them, and yeah. also also tethered to a music game that I am deeply in love with, which is Rock Band. I played mm. a lot of that song. That opening riff, phew, mastering that was like, yeah, you're good at. The, if you can master that in expert, you're like, oh, I feel good about my finger movements. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's good shit. What, what's cool about this game? It's it's such an interesting like algorithm like to to put your music in and like have it vary the gameplay intensity based off the song itself it's like you can go and be like oh yeah this is gonna be like a really hardcore song and like lo and behold you'll get to like swells in the song where like a a mini boss will fucking start to peak or like towards the tail end of a song when it's going off you'll fucking just like two bosses show up on screen and like they're and they're like just galactic space worms or like warships that you have to just like shoot the parts Weird off warship. of. I love that. Yeah. Like the designs of the ships are like these animalistic ships, like centipede ships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And in this new one, there's like one that's like uh, an eyeball and squiggly arms that just like rotates like crazy to mm-hmm. the music and stuff, which looks phenomenal on some of these. The thing is, like, I love, well, I love the fact that I can look at some of the visualizations and like cutter or the color choices uh and think to myself, yeah, this song should be green and purple. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) This song has to like really be satisfying for people who have like synesthesia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. This thing is. uh, I love this game, and I love that there's a part three happening. Yeah. 
Oh I've been playing God. like I was playing it like all today. So there, <laughs> there are some like differences to the leveling now, right? Because like before, yeah. like you were just mainly leveling your ship, and there might have been challenges that were just like tied to trophies, right? right? But you have like individual like ships now that you can upgrade, right? Yeah, you basically discover a new ship like every round hmm. or every track that you complete. And you can buy new ships and they'll show you the stats of like what's different of like, oh, yeah, your bullets are stronger on this, but your acceleration is lower. And like the ships actually feel like different. Like my dude made the Star Citizen of fucking music games for some reason when it comes to like the amount of ship options and stuff. So it's it's interesting. And then the ships have individual challenges that you can go after hmm. today I, I ran into a weird one i was playing this and i actually bought part two mm-hmm. when i realized that i was <laughs> running out of tracks to play on the demo i was like oh no i'm gonna lose this i can't <laughs> so i bought part two as well to support steve's development process right <laughs> and um i i was um what was the point what was i talking about <laughs> i got lost the ship upgrades the ship upgrades yeah uh i unlocked like a new ship that was just a bitch to turn Mm -hmm. but was really powerful and i was just like man that's a lot of variations Mm. and like you have your own baseline uh uh, leveling system and then you have individual ship upgrades or uh up leveling Mm -hmm. oh one of the challenges that i did was play a song that has baby in the title and it showed me from my library like just everything that has baby in the title and i was like oh okay uh i think i chose a led zeppelin title but it was fun. It's good. Nice. It's good. Steve did a good job. I'm itching to play more. I, I can tell. I'm it, you, I'm looking at it. Yeah, you're, like, you're looking. You're not even looking at me. You're looking around me at your laptop. The game's actually on, but like muted right now behind me. Yeah. yeah no, I'm I'm glad you're you're back into it. Uh, we gotta we gotta play it together at some point. We do because it has controller support. It has co-op. Yeah, and co-op. And co-op. <laughs> That's a big thing. So I guess can we get to the headliner? Yeah. Can we talk about the headliner this episode? Yeah. Let's talk about the new slow clap game sifu sifu we've been playing a lot of sifu this week which i found out means master yes it it means master or teacher Mm -hmm. as well sifu is a very interesting very hard sometimes unfair game that has Mm -hmm. rogue light ish elements to it but it's not expressly a rogue light game right there's a more deliberate kind of path through this game and it's it's super interesting how it does some of it sometimes it feels overly punishing i as a player have been addicted to the feeling of mastery Mm -hmm. that this game demands of you because you're going to run through these levels and they're going to be really really hard until you start finding a through line of that what works for you and almost like a systematic approach to every level because it's not like there's no procedural generation or anything Mm -hmm. the enemies will always be in the same spot the levels will always have the same layout so you'll always face the same challenge. It's just about whether or not you can overcome it and overcome it consistently. Mm-hmm. And in that gameplay loop, for anybody that, and I think between me and you, we enjoy our hard games. Mm-hmm. We enjoy our challenges. This just presses that button on my brain yep <laughs> where i've said to myself nothing else exists this week it took beat hazard to drag me to a different game <laughs> i put down dying light like nothing i haven't really been watching stuff i've just been playing sifu <laughs> yeah that's kind of where i'm at with it too and uh as soon as i started hearing like the like once embargo lifted and people were able to like talk about it i said to myself this sounds like the sort of game that is right up my fucking alley right 
challenging, a level of mastery, a, a very high skill ceiling, right, that you gain through repetition. Um, and it's a very interesting gameplay presentation too right like a lot of the harder games that we we cling to obviously soulsborns right Mm -hmm. like that sort of like action rpg try as you die sort of loop right and then more recently for me like hades and returnal and then i'm also from the school of like i like hard platformers right like cuphead right learning the level design learning the the patterns of enemies right so it's a lot of memorization and that's a lot of this too but Mm -hmm. it's kind of in under the guise of like a martial arts action beat em up which right. is really cool with with some like kind of mechanics that might be borrowed from like Sekiro right because there is a parry uh and there's like a bunch of other kind of like your structure system is much like the the stamina or or guard that you have in yeah. Sekiro for sure mm-hmm. yeah very 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 similar interesting system I, and I think the death loop itself is also something that we haven't quite seen which is super interesting so it's hard to explain too it, it is <laughs> I've had to explain it like twice yeah. as I've, I've streamed because people are like, what's that skull on the screen? Mm-hmm. What's that number mean? So you start at the age of 20 in the first level and there's only five levels in the game. But mm-hmm. it, I got to tell you, it doesn't feel like a small game despite that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you start at age 20 and every time you die, you age. You age a year, mm-hmm. but that number could be multiplied by your death counter. So if you keep on taking deaths it'll keep on stacking Mm -hmm. and some enemies like do more death to your counter like stronger enemies uh no no so just it just goes up no matter what okay so that'd be so that death counter the amount of whatever that number is is the amount of years you're gonna age so it can like stack up to like eight Mm -hmm. yeah so if i'm say you get to age 35 and you have eight skulls you die your age then becomes 43 so it keeps going up but there is a way to wash the skulls and make them go down. Mm-hmm. Um, killing like certain mini bosses and heavier type enemies uh, through takedowns, or just I think normally as well, normally will reduce it by one. Um, and then there's also an ability to reset them in the shrines that you find, those mm-hmm. little like bonsai shrines. You have to like put a thousand XP points to it, but it'll reset your skull counter. So then yeah. you start to your death counter goes up normally by one again. So yeah, so in this. In this effect, failure in this game comes with additional punishment, Mm -hmm. right? So at that point, the game demands you to be perfect in Mm -hmm. in most things that you do, which sounds like insurmountable at first. Mm -hmm. And I was getting my entire ass eaten Mm -hmm. by the the first few uh, uh, chapters. The second level in particular, the club, Mm -hmm. is a huge skill check, even in comparison to the first one. Like, you run into uh, hordes of enemies, Mm -hmm. and the tough thing about this game, and this is why I call it, like, slightly unfair, is that unlike the school of thought of the Kabuki style of fighting multiple enemies from Mm -hmm. The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, or very much unlike how Batman Arkham games do it, where Mm -hmm. enemies will wait their turn to attack, or you have a very obvious way to counter if somebody tries to interrupt, Mm -hmm. this game just lets you get fucking hit. Yeah. A lot. Unfairly, too. And so you have to context switch very quickly between, like, you did, can't even finish your combo. If you're starting a combo, because this has very simple Tekken 1-2 combos mm-hmm. in the game, you have to just switch to this enemy and either parry or overpower or do something. Mm-hmm. Or else you're going to take that fucking hit, and enemies hit really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your health, like, depletes almost uh, immediately after, mm-hmm. like, a couple of hits. So you have to be... 
very perfect in your in your movements and you're given things like there's a big difference between the dodge that you have and then what is the the bob and weave from guarding yeah that you can flick on the stick to either lean away or lean under moves. yeah it's kind of like a two-fold mechanic where you have to it's originally mapped to l1 so you hold l1 and then directionally on the stick like if you pull back you'll kind of like lean back if you push forward you'll kind of jump over like like low sweeping attacks and then right. like left and right to kind of dodge left and right, right. so you have to very much like be aware of how the enemies are coming at you. But the thing is like it, if you're looking at one enemy, you can kind of like see how it's going to come towards you. Uh, I don't think it's always well telegraphed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody comes out of nowhere and hits you, say the camera is like positioned in cer- a certain way and you can't see it, you get fucking just nailed out of nowhere and you're like, Oh, well fuck me. Right. Like I, I think there should be better screen telegraphing like Sekiro does where it's yeah. like you have yellow attacks that, that, you know, Oh, I can like maybe, uh, parry this or a red attack that I have to like dodge or like jump over. There, there's especially a lot of like interior environments with like tight corridors. Like yeah. you're going into the back of a club at a certain point that we're, the camera becomes especially rough when yeah. there's multiple enemies because it just it just zooms in too closely where you could be just like looking at a wall and not be able to see yeah. what's happening with an enemy or a pillar gets in the way and takes over takes over like sixty percent of the screen. Yeah, I don't know what the the fix for that would be because other games have have solved for it right where the camera readjusts when like a certain enemy comes up, but like it does feel like at a disadvantage sometimes like if like you have enemies that are in your blind spot that you can't see or say you get overwhelmed and you're you're too busy worrying about the mechanics of fighting to like quickly readjust the camera yeah like i feel like it should reposition on the enemies at times but yeah so it it ends up getting in its way a bit but like i get the intention because the game feels like really just intimate on everything like everything's like close up and even the combat system that you engage with, there, mm-hmm. there is like you know you're you're reading the enemy, you're to, whether to dodge or to like counterattack and stuff, and in the environment like you're like touching things, like vaulting over stuff, and it just feels like very closed in mm-hmm. in most areas. So like there's this kind of immediacy that occurs because they're trying to invoke the sense of like a '70s action film that is like on a fucking roller coaster. Yeah, but yeah, the camera does trip that up sometimes, which is sad. Yeah, yeah it's it's especially like painful and frustrating, like when you're you're ramping up to like fought a, fight a boss and you're like okay i have like this room of like mini bosses and there's two of them and they're brutal yeah. <laughs> and they're coming at you at the same time so you're like well i can only logistically like evade one of them so the other lands a hit and it's just like fuck that like it feels very I mean, it's an intentional design, but it just feels unfair at times, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I mean, there's ways to turn it to your favor, but like, it doesn't lessen how frustrating it is to like get through it, you know? Yeah, there's there's definitely like push for uh, mastery through repetition in this game, mm-hmm. and I found myself instead of just like trying to beeline to the end of the game because again, you can you so there's a few kindnesses that this game does. Mm-hmm. One of them is it'll kind of store your best age for starting a new level. So like, let's say Mm -hmm. I somehow got through, which I did yesterday on stream, got through the first level and remained at age 20. I started level two at age 20. Mm -hmm. But if you do bad, you can end up on like the fourth level and be starting at age 47, Mm -hmm. which means uh, you're not going to be in good shape. But there is is a benefit of aging in the game at least, Mm -hmm. which is... Your damage, your damage output is increased. Yeah, it's just there's a drawback. Your health decreases mm-hmm. over time as well. So like your actual 
minimum HP will go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like a trade-off. Yeah, it's it's a slight trade-off. Mm-hmm. It, so the game doesn't inherently explain why the age mechanic <laughs> no. is a thing. Um, there is... To, so to kind of like roll back, kind of like explain like the narrative of the story, right? Like the game opens and you're playing as like what is revealed spoilers if you guys don't want to know what is revealed to be the antagonist and you basically like this antagonist character like comes up on a dojo and like basically fights this old man and then kills them and then you it switches perspective and you're watching from a child's perspective like so either a girl or boy depending on who you end up picking um, and you watch your father get killed and at that point they turn on you and they they kill you naturally yeah and there's kind of it's a like a medallion or like some sort of like uh what what would you describe that thing it's like uh like a talisman it's like a luck charm yeah that falls off that like you get and then you revive and that's kind of like what carries the kind of revive mechanic through the game right you just having this thing on you and it's like it has rings to it so it's like visually like when you die it's like a death screen you have like it's in the middle you have your death counter on the left. There's, like, unlock skills on the right. And you press, like, square to, like, rise. And, like, there are points where, like, say, like, the, the five main ones start to break. And as they break more and more, you lose the ability to, like, revive. And usually as you get older and older, like, you're like, shit, well, I guess I'm kind of getting to the point where, like, I'm probably, if I die, like, two more times, it's game over. Yeah. Uh, and usually you tap out around, like, age, like, 70, somewhere in that decade. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 75. I, I've actually died at like 78, but I think that was just like the math yeah. <laughs> that took me out. So, but you can't survive over 75 mm-hmm. is what I've notated. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the levels become like a race to kind of not take deaths mm-hmm. at all so that you can be younger and younger as you get into like the, uh, the extra levels. There's actually two challenges in the game to mm-hmm. either beat the entirety, all five levels under the age of 50. And then there's another one. Of under under the age of twenty five, which is the actual like oh fog, yeah. oh fog. That's gonna be a tough. One. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. So even when you progress, you're like oh I can do a better run of that yep. last level. You know, it's <laughs> like I finished at thirty nine. No, dude, I need to be finishing at twenty seven. You know, and go back and do it. But that's that's how my runs have been going. Where yeah. like literally everything has been a value play of like shit. Do I want to like do I want to shoulder on and maybe just like learn the level just to kind of maybe have the advantage the next run or do i want to just start over right away yeah (laughs) or or find the best shortcut because shortcuts unlock permanently for you where instead of having to go through a full gauntlet of a level you can just use some keys and like skip by Mm -hmm. but usually you may not get the keys until later in the level and then have to die or retry Mm -hmm. and just like do it again which is interesting because that makes some of the runs like super quick like on the third level you can go straight to the boss Mm mm-hmm like immediately yeah which is pretty awesome all of it right and it's actually a really cool level in the museum Mm -hmm. but it is fucking tough because every layer of that museum like all four floors have tough enemies with Mm -hmm. weapons and shit i i gotta say like i really do love the the i mean the the forward thrust of the story being like a revenge story of you taking down these five like leaders Mm -hmm. and how each area leans into that individual leader right like whether you're in the kind of like suburbs like kind of like factory level or the club or the museum or the tower it's like they're all uniquely designed and plans like those uh antagonist strengths and like Mm -hmm. what makes them unique uh the museum is probably like 
my favorite just because there's some really cool visual stuff that's going on um and the sound design is like really great too and the the club if (laughs) the club's frustrating as fuck but i i do love like it's kind of like neon like china feel it's it's really really cool the way they kind of designed that one and the sound design and the the dual sense plays into it too in certain areas where like you're walking through like a dim hallway and like it's got like little titterings of like techno music it goes like and it like crawls across the controller. You can oh yeah, it. the fluorescent yeah. lights like are in in a uh, beat with it. It's yeah, it's, such a cool it's like really cool. Every so, time I get run into it, I'm like, this is really fucking. Yeah, cool. so I I can't praise the uh, the level designs enough because it, it's it's really great. But then you get to that point where you're like, well, fuck it, I'm trying to do my best age run. Yeah, I'm gonna just skip straight to the boss or exactly. like kind of. And I mean, you don't have to fight every enemy in every room. There's like optional side rooms, and some enemies won't even engage you like unless yeah. you attack first. So true. Uh, but yeah, like usually you want to see every room on like your, f- your first few runs just to get those shortcuts unlocked mm-hmm. essentially. But and the boss fights are also going to be a thing that I think is both the best and sometimes most frustrating part of this game. Because mm-hmm. um, unlike a game like a, let, let's say like a Souls game or a Sekiro, um, and I was talking about this with Nick in the chat yesterday, mm-hmm. like where you can very evenly basically apply your knowledge of how to play to the bosses in the game mm-hmm. without really having to learn too many nuances, just like timing with the bosses. This game, you have to like relearn what to do for each boss. Mm-hmm. Like the same tactic will not work. You know, they very much demand a very specific way to defeat them too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually there's no way to get around the fact that it's mastering the, like the, the bob and weave. Yeah. Right. Cause like sometimes you'll be able to do an easy punish, like mm-hmm. where time slows down when you get it right. And can follow up with like a heavy attack and yeah. stuff. And that's your only opportunity for most of these fights because they're doing either constant damage or a flurry of combos mm-hmm. like Sean does. And with you his just, bow staff, yeah. Yeah, dude. And you just have to learn how to like actually, you have to actually learn how to get great at specifically the parry and dodging system. Yeah, it, it reminds me more of Sekiro than any of the other Soulsborne games because yeah. that is a very specific mechanical system that you have to master or you're not going to get good at the game, right? You have to learn how to block and parry everything in Sekiro to break people's guards to take them down at, like, quick finishers. This game very much operates the same yeah. way. Learn the system or fail. And I know that's going to be frustrating for some people, but, like, once you start to, like, once it clicks, it feels really good. And I think it is at that second stage that it does like you have like it has to click there like it's similar to uh Sekiro where like the Genichiro fight right is your sink or swim moment and like if you don't know how to parry at that point like you're never gonna pass it right um so it it's interesting because like the beginning of the game and the, the uh opening credits like they teach you some of the basic mechanics but like once you get thrown like it's it's through the title sequence where you're actually taking down each of the leaders like as the credits are rolling which is pretty cool but then when you get into the actual ebb and flow of fighting through the levels and like enemies are swarming you like you kind of like forget all of that and you adopt your own play style of like i'm just gonna fucking throw weapons or i'm gonna come in for a flurry of punches and it doesn't always work mm. right so you have to really like hone in and like it is the bosses and mini bosses and that where you're like well fuck if i don't learn this i'm gonna just keep getting older <laughs> there's know? this boss that's especially rough the artist mm. in the museum because she has Love two phases fight. all the bosses have two phases and she's out there very very like the oren kill bill kind of scene out in the snow at mm-hmm. the end of the first kill bill that's what this fight basically is 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 homaging homaging which is interesting because the main character you play as feels like oren like watching 
her parents die and then going yeah. on a revenge quest. Right. <laughs> uh, pretty straightforward revenge quest, yeah. too. Uh, yeah, so this fight, she's using basically this, um, like, uh, what is it? Like, knives at the end of a chain, right? Like a rope kunai? Yeah, like a rope kunai sort of situation. And so she's doing constant, like, AOE, like, swings, mm-hmm. basically, that you have to... So the, the the safe way is to use the R2 dodge to keep on backing out of the way for it and then maybe running up mm-hmm. every so often to get like one or two hits. The way that the game is actually expecting mm-hmm. you to do it is to run into the chains and be able to uh, flick up and down on the stick in time to her swings to yeah. perfectly dodge each move and then get a punish on yep. her. It's fucking ridiculous. But when you get into like this flow, you feel like you're a magician. You feel like you're yeah. you're like uh, uh, on some other other fucking mainline. You know, her two phases are like really unique. Where it's like the first one, it's like it is those more like kind of longer sweeping attacks, and then her second phase, like she throws kunai at you oh yeah yeah and it has like more telegraphed like kind of motions but that that fight gets easier once you get uh one of the masteries unlocked where you can catch weapons and throw them back yep um that's something we haven't really talked about uh the kind of skills that you unlock along the way like so you gain experience points and like a level score uh they're used separately but the experience points are specifically for like unlocking skills uh that are kind of on your side menu when you die uh i there's only two opportunities to kind of tap into the skills when you die or when you find the shrines. Yeah. And then I think actually it's the home base as well. There's an actual tree that is a skill tree. Um, <laughs> Which is, is, is fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you have these skills on the right side that you can unlock. And they're basic things where it's like, you know, here's a, a different counter. Here's a focus attack where mm-hmm. like if you hold L2, it'll kind of do like a slowdown and you can do like a different punishing attack. Um, weapon mastery or like uh, ground mastery where if you get knocked down you could do a ground counter so like stuff like that um, there there are some I think are really essential like the weapon throw is an essential one and then environmental mastery where like you can kick things in the environment yeah. at the enemies the thing that's kind of frustrating about it is you have to continually unlock them with experience points to permanently keep them so like each skill has like six unlocks basically there's a first one where you just unlock it so it's available you can use it uh and then if you happen to die like you completely lose it again um but once you do that initial unlock there's like five unlocks you have to do after that where Mm -hmm. it's like you have to so we'll we'll break it down so ground counter 500 experience points you hit that first one you can use it and then subsequently after, you have to do 500 experience points five more times to permanently unlock that <laughs> skill to keep it between deaths yeah. and runs. So it it feels particularly taxing to be like, well, shit, I already unlocked the like initial, like, let me get this ability. Why do I have to keep unlocking it over and over again? Mm. Um, but like you you find that like there are some that play to your advantage. So you're like, well, shit, I'm going to go for this. And then when I have it permanently unlocked, like you know i'll adopt my play style to, to have that but it, it is interesting to have those could because it, it expands your combo suites it expands your play style uh a bit and it, it does make some of the the tougher fights easier um but it isn't stuff that like leads into like your health or you know your structure it's just combos and, and skill sets which is interesting yeah no the shrines handle you get a for every given run they'll give you like a structure buff basically mm-hmm. or like double the focus bars mm-hmm. you can get like up to like three focus bars i think yeah three or four 
And then, um, so you have to like decide there's some age based ones that only show up up to a certain age. Like mm-hmm. they'll tell you like this will show up until like 40 or maybe you unlock at 40 or something yeah. like that. It's confusing. It's not well yeah, laid out. Sorry. <laughs> like it is hard for us to explain this game. It's yeah. one of those things where you have to see how like the mechanics and like yeah. leveling things are laid out to like really understand. Yeah. But it. You, you can have a cool <laughs> thing where it's like, um, you get a, a, a health back on every takedown that you do on an enemy. Yeah. You can increase how much health that you do get back, which mm-hmm. is nice, but the idea, like, when you start getting better at the game and say, like, well, I'm just not going to get hit, you don't need that skill. And you yeah. start putting it in stuff where, like, no, I actually need more structure yeah. so I can block more attacks. Or, like, bolstering weapon damage so they don't, yeah. like, they do more damage and they don't break. Or right. they do more damage against, like, the enemy structure. Uh, it's it's really interesting. And, like, I think everybody's going to play differently with it depending on their play style. Yeah. If the game were kind, it would let you permanently unlock those two. But the game is not kind. So that you have to always, like, re-unlock yeah. those through runs. Yeah. And that's kind of where, like, sometimes when you get the shortcuts to run to the boss, like, mm-hmm. getting those shrines feels like nothing because, like, you haven't unlocked any experience or, like, level uh, score at that point. So it's like, shit, maybe I should grind a little bit to, like, maybe have one of those unlocked that I want to use for the boss fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of do value plays with yourself at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there is kind of, like, some carryover where, like, say you do the first level and you've unlocked shrines and then you move on to the second one. Like, what you have to the next level will keep. But it's like if you go to start over, you start the shrine. You lose them, or if you yeah. die completely, age out. Yeah, then, yeah, you lose them too. So yeah, it's it's interesting balancing these different these different things. Like I like the skill unlock system, although some of them, um, well, I I do like the fact that they are basically like Street Fighter moves. You got to mm-hmm. do like down back on the yeah. on the stick and stuff. Because I've always said like yo, beat 'em up should adopt things from fighting games because mm-hmm. they're very linked yeah. <laughs> in their histories. So th- it's it, it's interesting seeing that. And this game's focus on the 1v1 fights of teaching you through repetition that, like, you need to even, like, just kind of be frugal with the amount of, like, movement mm-hmm. that you're doing. I call it the... Economy uh, of motion. Economy of Which motion. you've been saying it all game. week. I'm like, is that a new expression? I love it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, no, it's you cool. just have to be very economical with how you move because, yeah. like, there's this one thing. I know we both hate it, where if you get a successful parry... You can do a counterattack, but if you actually, like, flick the stick and, like, over-dodge, even after you, like, stagger an enemy, they'll get out of the stagger. Yeah. So it punishes you, like, in the immediate. <sighs> it's stupid. If I stagger an enemy, they should stay staggered. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I move around, right? But, yeah. like, the game is like, no. You need to master every single movement that you mm. make. Use less moves to take down an enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be quick to the react. Like, if you're stuck in, like, a long combo... With one enemy, you're definitely going to get a bottle to the head, mm-hmm. right? you got to make sure that you're given that love equally across every enemy in, in the environment at once, right? And then you need the context switch to what's it like to fight just one V1, a powerful enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a very, very tough game. But I got to tell you, after like just kind of sticking with it over time, not playing other things, mm-hmm. just like building my muscle for it, it has been really rewarding mm-hmm. going through and seeing that, yo, I didn't die once on the first level. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing where it's like, holy shit. Yeah, because like the first boss was fucking you up and then like to, to know that you just got through without dying, I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah, to be able to like challenge <laughs> yourself to be like, hey, can I actually be mm-hmm. like the master of this level right now? It's it's really cool. The one thing that's kind of like hard about it 
uh, is like Souls games, right? Like you can continually grind on a boss uh, and kind of learn it in succession. Um, sometimes, like I think Bloodborne gets a little tricky with that because if like you run through your blood vials and you have to go back grind to get some more or buy more, then go back into the fight. But like if you get to a boss and you're already like level or age like 60 you only have like maybe three or four good attempts to like really learn it before you have to start over and that gets frustrating yeah. where it's like shit i was really locking into that and it's like well now i gotta go back to like the started level or mm. cut through parts where it's like i have to fight mini bosses first that like maybe i forgot how they operated so it's it you have to really be locked in the entire time and it's it, mm -hmm. don't think everybody's going to be down for it is kind of the thing requires a lot of the player yeah to get down right? it does and it, it this game hurts like my <laughs> thumbs have not hurt this bad in a really long time <laughs> Same, <laughs> yeah this between this and beat hazard i'm just yeah. like burning my thumbs on on sticks all weekend mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's i think it's a great game um all that to say, I know there's uh, a lot of conversation about the game, right? About its uh, representation mm -hmm. as well. I, I will say my my opinion is, yeah, maybe an entirely French studio shouldn't be taking on material like this. Yeah. Like of a culture. Like, like a the, Chinese martial arts game. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the whole thing is like, let let the people of their respective cultures tell those stories and yeah. get in the position to be able to like maybe make games like that. So it's it's it ends up feeling really like... Um, touristy of of like its material right it's yeah. all very surface deep and if you were to remove the like all of the aesthetic from it yeah. the game wouldn't change whatsoever mm -hmm. you know it's it's going to be the same game there's nothing that stems from its, its subject matter yeah that really informs the game beyond like they, <laughs> you know they, some of its set pieces they literally could have made like a jean-claude van damme type like mm. european fighter like and it would have been <laughs> the same thing it, it, in the touristy ways it feels like how quentin tarantino treats some of his material where it's like i'm a fan of like you know jackie chan or bruce lee films and i'm just gonna take that like love and use it like as a painting brush basically right and kind of apply it as i as i want here um and even like how the matrix maybe leans into like kung fu a little bit where it's like you know i we're using the motions of it but not really like treating it in a special way right treating it in a flashy way treating mm -hmm. it in a fun way right um i think a lot of people are going to find that really frustrating and i know a lot of reviewers are definitely writing about how it's like it just whitewashes it and it completely like just removes the context of the culture mm -hmm. uh of why martial arts is important and turns it into just a fucking like beat them up you know yeah um yeah so th th there's for sure that aspect and i think that's a missed opportunity with the game especially since like developers you know it seems like they're going out of their way to say hey this is a very purposefully kind of shallow experience because we're doing a straightforward revenge story but it's mm -hmm. like that doesn't help their case yeah anymore <laughs> you know so yeah it, it's stories like this it's like eh, i think the preference is clear of where who should be telling the stories mm -hmm. and or making the games and stuff so that's yep. one thing we saw that's that they did a great game they made a great game oh know? yeah yeah this is i mean i haven't played too many new games from this year so mm -hmm. far i mean i think uh pokemon legends rcs dying light 2 and then this but like at this point like you know if i had to rank them like this is probably my game of the year so far just because like i fucking it's my sort of game i love the level of mastery it's aesthetically very cool um and it, the gameplay is just like it's king here like it's it feels good to master it feels great to get your hands on um and i just i love everything it's throwing at me there have been some talks like it's always going to be the conversation especially with like souls games like you know about like is it too hard? Is it accessible? 
right? Um, and there have been some accessibility-like features that were kind of announced uh, this past week, which is pretty cool. And uh, I think Steve Saylor, the blind gamer, got to like kind of detail some of that, which is pretty cool. Um, this comes from Push Square. Sifu updates to include difficulty settings and accessibility options because as it is right now, there's only one difficulty. It is just the difficulty of the game. Um, so it's pretty cool that they're kind of doing like difficulty sliders on it. But yeah, so Steve Saylor tweeted, hey, so it's weird I get to help break news, but yes, Sifu is getting accessibility op updates post-launch, better captions, high contrast mode on PS4 slash PS5, was on PC, but not on PS4, PS5 at launch due to a bugs, difficulty modes, both easier and harder and similar to Metroid Dreads updates um, and a few other things. So it's, it's really cool to see them like be mindful of that right like just because this game is super hard and punishing it could still be for everyone mm -hmm. yeah it, i i like i like that push it's interesting that they're doing it yeah because i i would have figured that you know the the way that they made it that they wouldn't go out of their way to add features like that right like it's pretty difficult to add like yeah. difficulty after the fact but that's that's cool um yeah i think that just opens it up to people i think there's a lot of there's a lot here that anybody can enjoy mm -hmm. uh, essentially from like just visual presentation and some of the fights and the music is fucking dope and mm -hmm. stuff yeah so i like that that there's accessibility being added to this it's interesting i'm surprised that they did yeah so soon oh. too right usually it's like oh we'll think about it like six months after yeah because like i don't know you didn't see that for like sekiro or things like no, that, that no. nature. uh but like it being kind of like a like a sony exclusive game kind of at this point like obviously with pc as well i i'm not surprised because a lot of their first party stuff uh, and granted, Slow Clap isn't a first-party no. studio. I think they're like a second-party studio that like just puts games out on PlayStation. I think they're third-party. Are they third-party? Yeah, they're third. What's the last thing they did? Absolver. Yeah. I thought that was another stuff. I'm not sure. Okay, I, I might be wrong. I right. am misinformed. Yeah. Second or third-party. Um, but my usually, brain is soft. Usually, brain soft. Fist hard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No thinking, just punch. Usually their first party games have like baked in accessibility features at launch, which is always yeah. great to see. Like, you know, whether it's Naughty Dog or Insomniac or Gorilla Games. Gorilla. So, yep. Yeah, I, I'm glad to see that like, you know, this game kind of being housed within the Sony platform is mm -hmm. kind of doing the similar thing. Um, I I don't know what that difficulty feature in turn looks like. Does it, is it like enemies just do less damage, right? Do yeah. they have like smaller health pools? Like, because uh, I definitely w wouldn't want to see like an a decrease in enemies right like i still want to see the game laid out as is mm -hmm. so maybe if somebody wanted to ramp it up and like play it on normal or hard or whatever then they can kind of like take what they learned yeah and, there could know. be a bunch of stuff you can like increase like the timing window for parries and stuff yeah like make that much more kind mm -hmm. um or auto activated yeah <laughs> like something cool like that yeah there, there's a lot of things i mean it's 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 accessibility isn't just like one slider it's like a litany of sliders yeah. and a the litany of mindfulness but I think one thing that is also talked about is like obviously this game wasn't made with accessibility in mind initially, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes there's like just straight up things like because I think Steven Saylor was talking about how like yeah he, the over reliance of like a parry mechanic in games is suck because it does like close the doors mm -hmm. in some ways. Was there another way to, to to like make that work in this game? Who knows? Yeah, but interesting. What else could we say about this? I think it's... About Sifu? Uh, yeah. I, I think, haven't beaten it yet. No. I, so we're both in the same area, right? We're both at the fifth level. Yeah, at the fifth level, but I have a real bad starter time on that. Or what, age. What's your starting age there? Uh, I think it's 63. Jeez. 63, 64. What's your starting level at the level before? For the tower? Yeah. Uh, 
30 i think i got my lowest last night Mm -hmm. when i was playing it like i think i'm at 35 or 36 okay doing okay there so that's where i'm at too where like my so my starting age for the tower level four is 33 and i have two skulls kind of like tacked up on me uh and my my game plan is like okay i gotta make sure i can keep my deaths and age as low as possible to then start a new age at level five because i think i'm i'm at 65 for the tower or no sorry i'm at level 65 for the sanctuary which is the last level and at that point i'm like well i don't even really want to like burn through it because like i want to make sure i have enough life and age in me to really like give the last area a full push but the thing about the fourth area that's fucking me up it's like it's a lot of like enemies that like they like they're they're like kickboxers yeah they do like these fucking like kicking moves and like low sweeps and it's like sometimes they come in so fast and successive that i can't like bob and weave right away yeah and i actually think that boss is like the hardest fucking boss for me uh which one the the ceo oh really yeah because she does these punishing fucking like rope attacks as well like the third boss does and like there's no how do i want to say like invulnerability window in this game so Mm -hmm. like if you get hit, an enemy can immediately fall up and hit you again. Like right. there's no like uh, five seconds where it's like, okay, my enemy, my character recovers, and then I can get hit. And again. sometimes uh, <laughs> when you're guarding, you'll still take chip damage. Yeah, like, you'll take chip chip damage from the uh, the artist because she has a blade. Yeah, so she'll do the thing where like. She'll hit me with a few sweeps. I'll get knocked down. And then she's still hitting me while I'm on the ground. Or I can't <laughs> yep, get back that up. Sounds like her. So I'm just like, well, fuck. I just, yeah. I spent a full life just dying on the ground. And it's super frustrating. So I'm still, I'm, I'm <laughs> My trying... favorite Thursday album. My yeah. full life just dying on the ground. Yeah. That's their sixth album, actually. <laughs> oh, sick, dude. Yeah. So I'm trying to fucking master that fight before pushing on through the fifth level. But I'm, I'm hoping yeah. to have the game beat by like this weekend or tomorrow depending uh and then i definitely want to fuck with the platinum because it's just like me too i want to fuck with the man i want to get that shit it's just getting the the two trophies where it's like beat the game at or under age 25 is going to be so hard it's going to be ridiculous there's one trophy i still haven't been able to get my head around which is in the warehouse in the first level you have to beat it in a minute and 20 seconds and i'm like what the fuck how do you do that (laughs) i'm not that fast i didn't realize that was a trophy well yeah well, you probably have to get, like, one of the keys that just lets you skip right to the boss fight. Maybe? Yeah. I guess? I don't know. I have to look it up. I haven't looked up, like, the trophy answers yet. I've been mm-hmm. just focusing on mastering the game and just make it easy to go mm-hmm. clean up after I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I will say, like, the story is pretty light. It's really there just to kind of set up the skeleton of, like, this is a revenge quest and mm-hmm. really, like, not do too much else with it. <laughs> yeah it does a little bit more in the department of visual storytelling with some of the level work but yeah. not not too much there's also collectibles that you find with little little blurbs about what's going on or who's what why 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 this person's a ceo why this person's the botanist you know yeah. that kind of thing but yeah it's it's pretty fucking light on the story all it wants is for you to kill yeah all it wants is for you to just punch 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 and i do want to kill and i do want to punch and i don't know if it's because i'm still riding this like karate high from having watched four seasons of uh, cobra kai back to back maybe <clears throat> but i'm just like i'm in it and i'm like yeah man i'm a fucking foot and fuss f- foot and fist i'm warrior. a foot and fuss. i'm a fi- <laughs> i'm a foot and fist warrior god damn it i'm doing the work <laughs> the foot fiddler on the roof <laughs> <laughs> no i i love this game and um it's it's pretty cheap it's uh forty dollars there is a $50 version, which I think you bought, that has, like, a, the soundtrack and then, like, 
avatars for your I, I thought that was the price i couldn't find another one i couldn't like i looked i looked up sifu and it was the only fucking <laughs> listing and i was like i guess this game's 50 dollars. Yeah. maybe that's what people were talking about <laughs> and then you're like it's 40 <laughs> I was like, shit. Yeah, 40 bucks for the PS4 and PS5 version packed in. So. I fucked up. This is not the first time I've made that critical error on mm-hmm. PlayStation. What else did I buy Deluxe? I think it was like Aliens, Colonial Marines. I bought a Deluxe oh, yeah, version of that. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oops. I spent fucking like 60 where <laughs> other people spent 40 again. <sighs> I got to stop. Game Pass was supposed to save me from paying money for games. Yeah, well, Sony doesn't have that yet. Sony don't give a shit. <laughs> Sony says, this is a premium, okay? Yeah. This is a limited edition album. That's what happens when you're running in two different lanes. You get spoiled by Phil, and then fucking Herman's right. like, nah, you gotta pay for maybe a 50 or $40 version. Right, they're working in tandem. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> give me the, the video game hits for free, and then when I want the good shit, <laughs> I gotta pay money for it, huh? I would be interested to see what slow clap learns from this game and the feedback going forward right because like they obviously have a penchant for making like martial arts like fighting games Mm -hmm. uh like is their third game gonna be that again you know do they do they maybe lean into like hey we'll we'll make a more culturally appropriate game not an culturally appropriated game oh yeah you know (laughs) like uh No, but I, I, I love it. It's And I didn't have any doubts that I would once I started hearing about it. And yeah. uh, it just it, it begs the question, is one life enough to learn Kung Fu? And uh, Whew, there's something about the passage of time that just gives me anxiety. Because I look like when I get near my own age, yeah. I'm 31, I just go, <laughs> <laughs> like I just get nervous. <laughs> and then I see ages beyond my age, 43 mm-hmm. scares me a lot. Yeah. That's like what's we got to play hard games now like this because we're, our hands are going to have the arthritis in like 10 years, dude. I figured arthritis was going to fuck up one of two things for me and it was either yeah. going to be video games or, or jacking off. Well, you could jack off with a monkey claw hand like, like that. Yeah, like that fucking Yeah, he's like a separate monkey claw. <laughs> no, like so like you know, you know how like monkey monkey claws are like kind of like they're like you're making they're some like wishes I wish I could petitions. <laughs> You know, I'm doing a motion. This isn't a visual podcast. I'm jerking a monkey claw. I don't air. understand. Uh, <laughs> and playing bass. You make a wish Jesus with a monkey's paw. A monkey claw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell a small story here. I I once knew Kung Fu. Yeah, really? Uh, oh, actually not Kung Fu. It was Taekwondo. Different. Okay. Uh, different discipline of martial arts. Uh, this could have been me. I could have been this protagonist character fighting my way through clubs and museums to right. to, to avenge my father's death. Right. Uh, but I true. gave that up, you know? Yeah. Do you think about that often? Like, do you go to a museum and think to yourself, <laughs> I could be fighting 700 dudes right here? I don't know. It's kick a, them through the exhibits? It's a pretty cool thought. It's a cool we, thought. We didn't actually, hold on. We didn't talk about how the game does kind of some cool homage things, like uh, perspective shifts where you have hallway fights and it feels like the raid or like oh, Daredevil, yeah. which is uh, the coolest shit. Old boy. Old boy. That was the, that the was sideways the, cam hallway. Yeah. Reference. Fucking love it. Fucking great, dude. Yeah. Feels great. There's a, there is a level of power fantasy here when you get good at the game that feels mm. amazing to be able to like clear that hallway section, for instance, without mm. getting hit. Like, that's when you feel great at the game. And then the game just absolutely devastates you again on some other fight because yeah. you can't get the fucking down sweep <laughs> <laughs> correct. 
and then you you you, you age 11 years <laughs> it is a little yeah. demoralizing to be like shit i just aged eight years in the span of one death yeah it's like i might as well i've, I've given up on some runs the moment that i saw that i was like i'm not gonna finish this yeah. there's no way there's no way i just let's go back and do it again yep you know one more run stick the landing this time it's definitely the epitome game of one more run mm-hmm. for sure for sure i love it so far Game of the year material right there. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, it's game of the year material varies depending on the year for me. But like I, I look for interesting stories. This one, obviously, it's threadbare uh, in tight gameplay mechanics and loops. And this, this one's, one's tight. definitely got it. Like it's it's got a, a good level of polish to the mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would work if the gameplay was like floaty. Uh, right. It, I mean, it's very fluid. And I, I like the feedback for it. It, it mm-hmm. feels very like very technically driven. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I think it feels great. I, it's less of a ballet than something like Sekiro though. Mm-hmm. It's more about like, like I, again, I, the game is unfair about shit, right? Mm-hmm. You can be unfair right back at it. Yeah. You can grab a light bulb and smash that one heavy character in the face and not even worry about their moveset or dodging them. You can be unfair as fuck to get through these levels. Yeah. So it's, it ends up being like, oh wow, it is like the raid where it's you'd like no, no holds barred. I'm going to get your neck with a broken door. Yeah, <laughs> kind of situation, you know. So it's like it, it definitely scratches that itch for me. Yeah. <laughs> like I, playing something so so brutal. <laughs> yeah, similarly for me. Yeah. I mean, I have those areas where I'm like, I'm kicking futons to knock people down, and then I'm like, fucking <laughs> doing takedowns. And the takedown has like the most satisfying sound right. too like when you build For up sure. their their structure meter and it's all red and you get kind of the what is it like the circle triangle to be like do the takedown and it's like yep. <laughs> it's like yeah oh it feels really really cool to get that nailed yeah oh, man haptics are great haptics are great yeah, yeah. Sense, yeah um i was playing it with headphones this morning because oh. uh, i don't want to wake you up obviously i was uh, sleeping heavy yeah we sleep in separate rooms if you guys needed to know despite <laughs> the 12 years yeah we sleep in like, separate rooms across the hallway we gotta be we gotta be we gotta be sleeping <laughs> close to each other but uh, not, not too in close. the same room right? not too close <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just to put up the the lines of delineation here about how this relationship functions <laughs> but like the the haptics and and uh i lost it i don't even know <laughs> we sleep in separate the haptics we sleep in separate <laughs> i know i was gonna say the the binaural audio uh it's it's really pretty dope pretty yeah. dope right on i i, I want to try those headphones because I, I got the golds and I like them well enough. I just mm. hate that the microphone's internal and sounds like you have a shirt over your mouth. Yeah, it sounds pretty bad. <laughs> it's really funny. The, the first time I did it for us to play a game together, you're like, are you using the Pulse head? <laughs> and you said it in a way that says, you're using it, but I don't want you to use it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, like, all right, I'll take it off. Ooh, yeah. I was like, please don't. Yeah. You sound like you're underwater and no one's going to help you. <laughs> well, that's Sifu. Yay, dude. Hell of a game. I don't know if I could recommend it to everybody um yeah it's 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 a it's a tough one it's got a a barrier of entry for sure um but maybe watch some videos of it uh i'm gonna be interested to see down the line like speedrunners take a crack at this game oh god and see them clear it like under an hour yeah i want to see no hit runs of this and see how fucking like in there that some of these players get weren't you saying like there's a true ending you get by just like parrying Okay, no, no, no. Or so did you lie about that? I never lie. <laughs> what you have to do is when you get to the end of the game, basically, spoilers, um, the musing is maybe there is another way to do this, basically. Uh. And so you have to repeat the game. But when you get to the boss to get the when you get the final um, takedown 
uh, prompt, don't do it. Oh. Just wait, and they'll eventually get up and have more to their health bar to fight you again, and then do a takedown on them, and you'll get like a different like a version where you spare all the bosses. Oh, interesting. Which is interesting, yeah. Huh. So you got to do a little bit extra, but you could fuck that up pretty easy. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because in the moment you're like, I want to take you down so bad. Yeah. No, no, no. You got to go against your better your better instincts. Is there a trophy instincts. for that? I think so. Oh. I haven't seen it because there's like a oh, whole weird. pool of hidden ones. Yeah. And I didn't want to look at those too closely, but yeah. yeah. Fair enough. When I, beat, when I beat the game the first run through, I'll look at them with my eyes, my prying eyes, yeah. and figure out what the path to platinum looks like. I'll be happy to clear the game at a decent age, but in my mind, I'm like, I do want to clear it under age 50 to start. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> makes sense. We'll see. More thoughts on Sifu? Some other time. Sometime. Yeah. Guys, thank you for listening to our crazy save room hybrid plays news episode, whatever the fuck. Seven we, did plays. we talked about sports, we talked about Nintendo. This is two things episode. that we don't really this is <laughs> this is supposed to be mouthful mode episode. Oh. This is the mouthful edition. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We Seven fucked that plays up. Mouthful mode. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, we did the front plug, the back plug, the butt plug. You can find us <laughs> on Twitter at Save Room Show. Tell us how much you're liking seafood. Tell us if you're excited for Elden Ring, which is coming out in like a week and a half, two weeks. Tell us about Elden Ring. Yeah. If you're Vadi Vidya, get a hold of us. Okay, just hey, just like talk to us. At if, night. if you're Steve, uh, what's his last name? Steve Hunt. Steve Hunt. If you're on Twitter, add us. Dude, I hope you get rich, Steve. I hope you just you're banking on this one, yeah. man. This is the one. This is the one that you're gonna retire on, Steve. I know. It better be. Should be. You've been working ten years straight. I wonder if he w- w- was envisioning Beat Hazard as a trilogy of games when he set out to make the first one. <laughs> I I think so. This we're finally completing the Beat Hazard story. Yeah. <laughs> Full collapse. The Beat Hazard story. Love it. <laughs> well, good night, everybody. Thanks for putting ears on people talking about video games mm-hmm. and etc. <laughs> <laughs> etc. And as always, remember to save your games. Good night.